It's Jax. What up, dollars? Let's go. Martin Luther had a dream, but Freddy Krueger had a Ruger. X Malcolm hopped the picture, so now we back to the future. Now we back to these losers embracing death like they used to. Poking out they chest, but listen, son, now you leaking that future. Huh? So who's the shooter? Hum, is it your man? Or was it a fan? Or was it a stand? Huh? Pop would beg to differ. In hindsight, I bet you he said he was not a nigga. Plus Biggie Smalls was just minding his business, yo. Smoking in Optimo. Somebody got to drop the homie Biggie. He's got to go. And they couldn't stop it, no, I wish that they could Yeah, the world needs change, but man, I wish that we would So what a long frown, a man hung from a four pound His blood ripples on the floor from the war sound His mama sitting at the wake, hoping the Lord's found Another dead, another gone now, damn George Elliott said that it's best to be what you want to be. Fucking do what you want to do. So I do what I want to do. Bet you did it to floss. Bitch, I did what I wanted. Bet you did it and lost. Bitch, I did it and won it. Shit, I'm never coming back. Listen, I just want to rap. Gee, I told y'all all of that. On about a dozen tracks. I don't give a fuck. I just, I just, I just want to rap. Spitting fire on this track like a fucking thundercat. Plus, this mic is bleeding roho. This shit is a no-no. Rolling in that low-low. Plus, I'm from that ball. Need a folk, folk, smoking on my logo Ready for the wall and we so-so Silly with the flow, somebody got a popo Heard the lames and I swear they so-so Too much love for the fame just to go broke You said think I had the rap game and the show car No, I think I got the whole world in a rope though Gotta think of damn dog, you crazy Is he the next Jay-Z? My crystal ball is hazy, but I don't know, maybe Welcome back to the Insane Check Podcast This is your host, Chris here And I'm being joined by a very special guest uh, No stranger to the show, no stranger to podcasting a voice you've heard several times before, and if you are a member of uh, the Black Eye Tips Premium N- Network, then you just heard us yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I got my man Aaron from the Black Eye Tips Podcast. What's going on, man? Man, don't y'all niggas get tired? Don't we get tired of talking to each other? God, I am sick of talking to your ass. Yo, I'm, I'm just joking. It, <laughs> it, it, it was the funniest shit yesterday when we were doing the show, and you brought up the fact that you had just had Rod on your show. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so you had just had Rod on your show. We just did the. Ner- I had just had Rod on my show. We just did the nerd off yesterday, and I'm like, "Fuck, I'm having Aaron on tomorrow." Yo, motherfuckers might really get tired of hearing our ass. <laughs> <laughs> Problems, yes, your problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I mean, it's just just what it is, man. I, it's just I, I happen to like talking to my people. So yo, like, I t- I try to tell people like, listen, this year I, I've I've had a lot of stuff going on as far as trying to get content out and building the network and and the direction I'm trying to go the business and things like that. And so like the hardest show for me to, to book is the insanity check because, you know, I need to find, you know, it's a weekly show, but I have a different, a different co-host every week. And so I was like, I got to reach out to people. I got to find out who's available, who's on and things like that. And, um, I was like, shit, man, I, I'm so busy. I gotta just, I just gotta go to the, I gotta go to the well of the defaults, yo. You know, I've had, <laughs> I've had Justin on, I had Rod, Karen, uh, Leslie. I was like, yo, people I know, I can go ahead and 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 deep bomb. Like people I know, I can just go ahead and hit up, uh, and uh, they'll be they'll be available and they'll be able to do do this. And um, again, well, it makes I, a great show. I like to call it, I like to call it the the veteran podcast that can basically like don't need no doc at all and get just go <laughs> and be like well, what are we talking about all right let's go 
uh, quiet as kept. That is actually why I do this. That, that I mean, beyond just like I know that I can reach out to you all and you all be around and available. It's also because like I woke up this. I was doing all this stuff. Had all this other stuff going on. I'm working on. I was like, shit. Got the insanity check. I need to. Oh, yeah, I have Aaron on. Fuck it. We'll figure something out. <laughs> you know, I was like, I didn't write anything down. I got a few stories here and there, a few general topics, but I'm like, yo, fuck it. Yo, we'll just we'll just shoot the shit for for two hours and we'll we'll see what the fuck happens. And, you know, we'll find stories as we go along and fuck it. It'll, it'll be fine. Like, it's always fine. It always works, you know, uh, <laughs> and that's why I do it. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't see a problem with it. That's I mean, I hit a ride on. He came on the show Thursday. I hit him on Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, do y'all want to be on? <laughs> yeah. He's just like, oh yeah, you know what? Um, I do need to have a guest this week, and uh, oh, let me see what's going. And you know what's great about it is what happens is so yesterday we were doing the nerd off, and again, if you're not a, if you're not a member of the Black Eye Tips uh, hey. Premium Network, matter of fact, if you're not a member of all of our Premium Network, if you can afford it, please do it because uh, I know um, Black Astronauts Podcast has a premium service as well. Um. Oh. But uh, we were we were talking about what was it? It was, oh man, I lost my train of thought. It was something we were talking about, and I was just like, yeah, that's that's about right. That's just that's just how it goes. We just, you know, oh, I know what it was. What happens is we end up talking, and then next thing you know, uh, ideas for other shows that we'll eventually do that I'll put in my back pocket for things that yep. I can just call you up <laughs> on, like so, so. You know, we're, 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 we're trying to start premium. I just did uh, our first uh, combo book club of, of 2018, and I have a laundry list of shows that we're going to do for the for combo book club. Like, we're coming in strong I'm this year. I, one of my favorite y'all network. I left the list at work, and I didn't go to work on Friday. So I don't have the list for everything here, but let, just let me just let you guys know it's a great list. Uh, it's going to tie into a lot of the movies that you're going to have coming out. So it is a little bit Marvel heavy. That's just because DC doesn't have any fucking films coming out until like November. So that's blame, blame, blame DC for not having films coming out. But, um, I can other stuff, but it ain't that. Right. So, uh, I also was like, yo, so, you know, we just put out this month, we finally put out the Alien versus Predator 2 episode of a Nostalgia Review, which, by the way, that movie is fucking terrible. It's way worse than I remembered. It is like you can't see it. It's like I, I didn't realize that they shot feel like they shot the entire fucking film in the dark. Like it's Oh, you're pitch black. Yeah, it's it's fucking ridiculous. But so I'm also thinking, so I was doing a comic book club and so I'm like, shit, I need to do some movies for nostalgia review. I want to redo and oddly enough, the nostalgia review ones kind of get kind of hard because they're just some movies people are just like, fuck it, I'm not gonna do it. And so the ideas I had for movies for March, I'm like, fuck, man, I don't know if anybody's gonna want to do these movies. And I mentioned them yesterday on the uh <laughs> On the nerd off, and Rod, Rod and Aaron like, oh yeah, we in, we 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 down for that. I'm like, see, this You're is damn why, right. this is why I need to have my people, so I know my people will always hold me down. So those two movies are uh, because uh, in March uh, they're coming out with another video game movie, Tomb Raider. So I'm like, we got to do the original Tomb Raider, you know, with like, uh, Angelina Jolie. Which again, that's not too bad. Can, uh, we probably get a couple people in on that one, but that was like, yo. But I also want to do some other really bad. Um, uh, video game movie, so I was like, I kind of want to do Mario Brothers. <laughs> like, Hell yeah, rock your boots! I'm ready. <laughs> I can't tell you, like, oh my god, I can't wait to do that nostalgia review because I was so excited to go see that movie when I was a kid. I was so happy. I was, I was so happy. It was like they're doing it. <laughs> I was so happy until I got to the theater and watched the movie. And that might be the first movie that ever disappointed me as a child. 
<laughs> and I was like, basically, the fuck did I just watch? None yeah, of that I, shit made sense. I, I was so, you know what? I was in denial as a kid because I was like, well, you know, like the, the mushrooms, I guess if they did in real life, they would look like crazy dinosaurs. I, maybe? No? All right. Oh my god, that film was so bad. Dennis Hopper was in that movie as King Cooper, bro. There's a there was this. Oh my god! It, it, you know, uh, then uh, what's the guy to play Mario? That was his last movie. Like he retired after that. Uh, did he? Yeah, they. I, that was the big thing. Like Mario Brothers made him retire. Fuck. If I'm not mistaken, that film came out in in uh, in 1993. So it's Bob Hoskins. Was that his? Let me see. I gotta see. Bob Hoskins. Yeah. Oh, did that film? I I mean, I can see that because the film was mm. bad. No, he did some films after. He's done some films since then. He might maybe maybe he, maybe retire for a bit and then came back. No, he's done some films. So he did Super Mario Brothers. He did he does a bunch of other stuff. Nope. nope. You know what I was thinking about? League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, I think about Sean oh. Connery. <laughs> or Sean Connery. Oh man. Oh God, just so bad, so bad. But I actually kind of want to do that film too now. Should not even mention it. You know we got to do Enter the Dragon and the Last Dragon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to do both. Yeah, we got to do both. <laughs> we got to do both. Got to do both. So yeah. So but this is what happens when you have your people's on. You start talking. And you're like, fuck, man. So I guess I don't have to worry about struggling and try to get people on for these things because uh, we got <laughs> we got similar takes when it comes to like. Bad shit, but uh, <laughs> and talking uh, about bad shit. Fry, we about to fry these movies. Oh bro. man, we gonna about fry to them so good. good. It'll be so fried, so good. So, um, so before we get uh into the show and some of the topics we talk about here, it's so funny. We talk. I talked about this last week with Rod. Uh, we end up talking about the nerd off and stuff like that, and um, it's something that I'm gonna start talking more about. But it's just because again, uh, I, I, people keep reminding me uh, this is gonna be ten years. Of me doing one this show, but just podcasting in general, um, and I kind of want to just talk in general. But it, it's going to be about podcasting. But I really think this should be good information for anybody who's doing anything on their own creative, like any yeah. anybody out there who, because you know, I think I think a lot of times we have this. You know, people talk about you know, why don't you build your own, start your own business, and do this stuff, and especially I, something I said yesterday. I, I I think people have it harder to do these things when it comes to being a creative, uh, even though they have more access to more tools and it technically technically wise, it's easier. I think it's harder because the appearance and the way people make it seem like everyone makes it seem like it's easy. Right. And so yeah. yeah. You know, I was talking about this yesterday with you guys, and I just been thinking about it longer and longer. You know, when we started doing podcasts in ten years ago, it was nothing. It's like it was me and Rice. Who, by the way, I was out. We're, I might we might be bringing might be bringing Kristen the Korean back for uh, the ten year ten year anniversary. Oh, uh, she was out. She came out with us yesterday with a uh, uh, phenom and Ashley and them for uh, pour the core. It's a little uh, little. Hey, I looked like I had a ball. Oh, it was fun. It was great. It was great. I ended up being the the DD because some uh, my girlfriend can't handle her liquor. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, I love her to death. Uh, anyway, she's gonna kill me for that. Uh, but um, right, right, right. I gotta get, I gotta get in when I can because he attacks me all the time, un- unprovoked. Um, but no, it's like when we first started off, 
There wasn't anybody there. There wasn't any expectation that podcasting would be anything. Nobody really knew what podcasting was or just like blogging. Like nobody knew how to make money. Nobody knew how to do anything. There weren't a lot of people making it. And so like I, I was talking about yesterday on the Nerd Off, like it was even like in, unless you were paying for hosting and things like that on like Libsyn or something like that, you couldn't even, you really didn't even know what your actual numbers were. So you didn't know if anybody was downloading your show. You didn't get feedback. Like for the first half a year, six months to a year, we didn't really get feedback outside of our our own friends and people that we talked to physically. We didn't really get feedback. And it was like shocking to me when I started finding out that people that didn't have connections to me directly or us directly or to friends of us. Like when I started finding like that third and fourth person who was like, oh yeah, I, I've heard of your show. I'm like, wait, who the f- how? Who who do you know that knows? Like how did you, how did you hear oh, about me, Right. Let me tell you. Let me tell you like this. I knew it was crazy when all of a sudden I was sitting in a room just talking and somebody heard my voice and was like, ooh, ooh, I know you. I'm like, oh, mm-mm, no, you don't. No, you don't. She's like, oh, you're a podcast. You Don't you do black ass nuts? I was like, oh, right. I, I don't know who you are, but thank you. But, but you just. Yeah. But so, so it's like until you had that experience. You're kind of like speaking to the void. You didn't have it's not like SoundCloud where you can see your numbers. And we weren't really using as as podcasts. We weren't using YouTube for most of us. So you weren't seeing people physically listening to your like the physical numbers of of views and things like that. You you didn't have any of that stuff. So you were really just doing it just to have fun. And you could really build your community. You could really build your show. And you didn't feel pressure to do any of that stuff. And it's it to me. I actually I look at people now who are doing this, and I I see people that are pushing like, oh, here, listen to these five steps of how you can get a thousand downloads a month. On, and and I'm like, yo, that's not none that's of not, that works. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it, it 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 doesn't work for most people because that's not how most people are gonna build that community. It's gonna take a while, a long time. It's it's a long haul. Like I said, it's ten years. It took us. We didn't go premium until what, 2015? So I've been premium, I guess it has been two years now, huh? Yeah. Like, so it, it's like, you know, it, it took a while for us to even get to the point where we're making any kind of significant money to, like, pay for hosting. Everything else was coming out of pocket, and we're just building the community and building the people that support us and things like that. And I said this in, in one of the Facebook groups I'm in. It's like, it wasn't until 2014 when, when we had to – the whole separation with Kev and things like that, that I really felt like the community w- w- had our back and could sustain us in that way. So that's 2014, and we didn't start until uh, 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 20, uh, 2008. I mean, do the math. Like, we're like, it takes a while. It takes years and years to grow that way. And um, I, I feel like we had it easier because there wasn't any pressure. Like today, yeah. I feel like there's pressure. Like people are like, "Yo, I've been having my show for a couple months, and I feel like it's not growing." It's like it's only been a couple months. Like, talk to me when it's been a couple years. Talk to me when you've been doing it for five years and you 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 have you don't get any kind of feedback on your show. Nobody emails you. Nobody's you know sending you a suggestion. Nobody's calling you to be on your show. Like. Call me when if, if if you've been doing it that long and, and and that happens, then okay, maybe you should readjust. But after a few months, like especially nowadays when the, I feel like the game is saturated with all these other right. shows, so you have to. It's going to take a while to really latch on 
And shit, I mean, even for people that are, that are in it for a long time like us, it takes us, we have to make sure that we're, uh, you know, staying on our game and presenting something new so that we can keep our audiences and, and grow ourselves. So, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's harder these days because I think the pressure is there, you know? You, you know, it's more expectations they put on themselves because a lot of times the pressure comes from, and, you know, I was guilty of this as well. Um, the pressure comes from yourself, as like comparing yourself to other shows. Like you really have to be in your own bag, you know what I'm saying, in your own lane, as far as what you're confident in doing. Like you can't really compare yourself to everybody else. If I compare myself to what y'all numbers are, and you know, our numbers ain't bad, but if we compare them to like Rod and Karen or anybody like that, you know, we would have probably quit already. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you got, you have to make sure that you're doing it for you and not because you want to have a show, you know, like, those shows never work out. Yo, if you're not doing, if it's something that I, I say all the time, uh, especially, and we don't say it as much anymore. I know Deepa and I joke about this on the character corner, but I know when, when Rice and I started first, we used to joke about this all the time. It's like, nobody's listening to our show, but we're going to do this anyway because uh, we enjoy, we're we best friends and we enjoy hanging out and we avoid, we enjoy talking shit to each other, right? And so that's why we did it. So it didn't matter if so it shouldn't matter what the numbers are. Like I would say, stop looking at the numbers and things like that. And just if you enjoy it, if you think the show's great, keep doing it. Like it and, doesn't and it doesn't matter. Also, you know, as far as community building, like if you have one person that you know or five people that you know consistently say something to you, like every week they say, like, hey, I love the show, or do it for them because those five will turn into ten. Those five won't go away. You know what I'm saying? Like those people would are who you build your legacy as far as your show is on. You mm-hmm. know, so you can't yeah. you can't de- neglect the, the feedback you do get. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, you, you definitely do. And 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 like you said, it's another reason why I was doing my show for the longest time. And I think especially in this day and age, it, it really does matter. Um, I used to say this all the time. You know, the show was therapy for me. It's a way yeah. for me to say things like I would at the time I didn't like my job. I didn't like working. You know, I you know, I was pretty not fresh into the workforce, but you know, I'm working and this is we're in the tail end of uh the Bush administration, so everything's going to hell and then there's a recession starting and all this stuff is going on. So me getting on the mic and talking shit and, and having fun and, and doing these segments with my best friend, it was a great little like therapy session. So even if right. nobody else was listening, guess what? I was still getting something out of it myself. I was able to vent. I was able to get my own voice out there. I was able to talk about things I wanted to talk about that I couldn't talk about. I felt like I couldn't talk about anywhere else. And that's what helped me build the community. And I think that's the thing that's missing from some people right now. It's like, hey, listen, it doesn't matter if you... Yeah, sure. You know, the social media aspect, you need to be doing this, you need to be doing this, you need to be doing that. I get that. But to me, sometimes, like I said... I'll be honest. We grew our show without half of that shit. Right. Right. Like, yeah. That's, we, that's, we that's didn't... the thing. Like back in the day and I'm not 10 years in the game. First and foremost, I'm only six, but that's even those six yeah. years ago was a lot different <laughs> than what right. it is now. Right. You know, we had a Twitter, but I didn't, I wasn't using Twitter to promote my show. Like, like I am now when we had, I actually use Facebook a little bit more than anything else. And now I'm back to using Facebook. It was weird. Um, we didn't have groups and like it just we didn't have that stuff. We didn't have I didn't have a way of putting the show easily onto 
YouTube like I do now thanks to Libsyn. You know, there weren't a lot of uh, podcast directories outside of iTunes to put yourself on. There weren't a lot of podcast apps. Like now you have different podcast apps and things like that and different me- like there a lot of this stuff just didn't exist. And somehow we were still able to grow uh, a, a, a community that supports us. And so while I'm not going to tell people don't don't focus on that stuff, don't don't try to get that stuff because it definitely does help and you, you should have it. You know, if you're feeling tired one day and you're just like, I don't fucking feel like doing that. I just feel like putting the show up, putting it on the feed yep. and that's it. Hey, just do that. You know, yep. don't don't tire yourself out by, you know, trying to do all these things and trying to maintain because everybody else is doing it. You know, it's it's just not worth it. And again, I, I can't trust this enough. If you're getting into this to to get the rich and fame and to, to do it, <laughs> like it's I, again, I'm not going to try to tell people it's not possible because it definitely is. Yes. I, I just don't think you're going to get the results you're wanting and you're going to get very frustrated very soon and very quickly. And, and, it's, and you're gonna quit. Well, and this is gonna sound super harsh, right? But you also have to know yourself and know your show. Like, is it a good show? Would you listen to your show? You know what I'm saying? Like, is the sound quality bad on it? Would is the topics relevant to what the kind of show you're trying to put out? Like, if your show isn't good, work on it. Look or give. You know what I'm saying? The different iterations that we've had of the insanity check. Let's go through this. First of all, I've had um, three different main hosts. I had Rice for the first few years. Uh, then we had a transitional period between Rice and, and Dylon. Then from Dylon to Kev. And then to Kev to what we're at right now, which is basically me getting myself hosting the show with me getting random guests every fucking week. Which means, like, it's not always every week because sometimes I take a break. But basically... You know, forty-eight to fifty-two weeks out of forty-eight yeah. to fifty-two different guests a year. That's what I do. Like I, and it, but it's taking me ten years to get to that point, right? I went from from one when we first started off with uh, Rice, we were doing a show. I want to say at least twice a week, sometimes three times a week, and they weren't as long as they were. So we were doing like an hour, hour fifteen minute show. We were doing three of them a week, right? Um, problem with that was consistency. We were having problems with consistency. So uh, then we went to two times a week, and now I just do once a week, you know, either Saturday or Sunday we record, we get it out over the weekend, and that covers the week, and now I'm kind of looking at every now and then doing a midweek solo show here and there, but that's how long, that's 10 years of changing there. We had different segments. Now the only, the, the longest running segment on the show right now is Great Moments of White Privilege. If you, if, privilege. If, if you only remember this show from Great Moments of White Privilege, you are probably only have a quarter of our shows exactly because that is a that is a newer segment here which which by the way <laughs> sometimes might be for better or for worse right right <laughs> sometimes i'm not gonna lie i mean I, sometimes i'm like oh maybe we shouldn't have done that and again even now we don't do it every we don't do it every week um we used to do what the fuck wednesday we used to do like there's a d- bunch of oh, different shit. things we used to do yeah yeah, I forgot about that. yeah you do what the fuck wednesday like i used to do a bunch of different things you know and um they use the dumbest of the week or something like that. So a lot of stuff we used to do, you just throw them in there, and we don't do them now, or we haven't done them in a while. Some of them we might bring them back. I don't know, but it's like there was a lot of there was a lot of you know trying different things. Hell, 
for from 2007 to 2014, maybe 2013, might have been, eh, maybe 2012. I can't remember when I started it. Um, but for like, for five to seven years, everything went through the insanityreport.com. Mm-hmm. So we had a different de- domain. Everything was insanityreport.com, and it was about politics, and we talked about we talk politics and, and weekly social issues, things like that. Then we started getting uh, opportunities to go in and do reviews. That's what we started doing on my other YouTube channel. We started doing basically trailer reactions before people started doing them. I'm so mad at myself that I never stopped. I never I stopped. We stopped doing that because now mm. trailer reactions are a big thing. And we used to start doing that. That's what that's what that's what movie trailer reviews came from. We used to review the trailer without seeing the movie because yep. we thought it was funny, funny. And we stopped doing it. So, again, so that's another thing to show you that you can come up with an idea. Stop doing it and then find out years later that it becomes a big thing. You should have started doing it. I can't even get mad at it now. I can't. I don't. I don't let it hold me back. I'm just like fuck. I guess I should have. Guess I should have kept doing that. Like I go back and look at some of those old uh, ones we did, and they're shitty quality. Fifteen thousand views, fifty thousand views on. It. I'm like, god damn it, we are fucking idiots. We didn't say <laughs> it. So we do we yeah. change everything over to MovieTrailerReviews.net, right in 2014. So then we moved the insanity the check over. We started doing the movie trailer reviews podcast and started doing movie reviews and things like that. I think a year or so later, we started doing reviews of uh, Agent of Shield. Maybe even that year, we started doing Agent of Shield reviews, and we started like we started changing. Now, last year was the last change, so that's three years we've done three different domain changes from the insanityreport.com, movie trailer reviews, and now mtrnetwork.net. And I'm constantly changing, so it's just just going to show you like. You know, you have no idea what your final product's gonna be. You know, and Heck. I don't think people. Um, I think people are being honest. I think I think the, the thing that makes it hard these day, harder these days is people have these really high expectations and are putting these limitations on themselves and aren't giving themselves time to experiment and grow, change. And um, I think you should like, like, don't be discouraged. Just find out what you really want. Sometimes it takes you a while. It takes yeah. you. Dog, I'm a perfect example of that. Like, if you think about it, <clears throat> we started BAP. When we started, it was four guys talking about barbershop shit. Like, this straight up, like, sometimes we probably shouldn't have said some of the shit we said, uh, barbershop shit. We grew as 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 people. We grew as and we turned into husbands and we turned into fathers. So the conversation changed. People left. I had to, I had to add... Uh, we started adding ladies to the mix. Then we started adding other shows. Now we have eight different shows that we do on the network, right? I'm only a part of two of them, two or three of them. But the thing is, the community followed us through all of that. You know what I'm saying? Like building that community allowed us to grow and to change. And that's the same thing that happened to y'all. Like, if you didn't have a good, strong community, no way they would have stuck around for all the changes. You know oh, what I'm absolutely. saying? So, you absolutely. know, definitely build that community and don't be afraid to change the show um, and lose listeners. You yeah. know, like, it's going to happen. You lose listeners, you gain them. Sometimes you lose listeners and then gain them back. That's happened to us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, in our, in our worst days, we lost listeners. And then when we became better people and grew, we gained them back. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's... It's a it's a process, and I, I I don't think enough, I don't think enough. Um, I think I just think in our society today, everything's like this instant gratification. This has to be now, has to be quick. You have to get a, get ahead of it. Like it's so funny. Like we don't do, even with our reviews. 
sometimes we try to get our reviews out as soon as possible. Like, for instance, like, hey, the Supergirl and Black Lightning review, hey, there are people that got sick. Like, there's there is definitely something going around right now. The flu, I've, I've, I saw I saw a tweet about this. Like, this flu season is kicking everybody's butt. So they had right, to delay take, the show, right? So they're not gonna they're not gonna record until tomorrow. Oh, Supergirl! The next episode of Supergirl airs on Sunday. Guess what? Though I mean, uh, airs on Monday. Guess what? Doesn't matter. People are still gonna listen to the show. People are still gonna hear yep. what these people what we have to say. I now I I learned that lesson like quick. I was like, wait, so you guys don't care when it happens as long as it's up and you hear it from us, you're okay. Oh, so no, I don't have that pressure. Yeah, get some of our, our reviews come out. Uh, a week after the, the movie come out, just for the simple fact that I didn't have time to put it up. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's just I want people to to understand that they don't have to they don't have to f- fall into what I'm seeing as the what people are saying is the, this is this is this is a model to make it, and I'm because because a lot of it I'm not seeing from people like you know what you know what's driving this conversation for me is. Because it's driving me crazy. Because I do not like this dude. On Facebook right now, I keep seeing the ads for Adam Carolla's uh, oh. podcast masterclass, oh. and I'm like, "Do not pay for that shit." Like that Ever. is because first of all, I'm, I'm not a big Adam Carolla fan. But this whole idea is like, I can see it. He's like, "Oh, well, find out how I took the show I have to the number one uh, sh- uh, podcast on iTunes." Blah blah. I'm like, because you took all the people you had from the Man Show with you. Right, your like, your name is Adam Corolla. People know who you are. You 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 like. I'm tired of seeing people that already had a name, then turn around and say, "I'm gonna give you a masterclass." Well, you already had a fucking name. Like you're not giving like this is your the the advice you get. Like and again, this is not me shitting on the idea of masterclasses because I've seen something I think would be really good where people are actually giving you like real advice. But when it comes to podcasting, and you have somebody like Adam Corolla trying to sell you on the tips and tricks and how to become a, you know, a top selling podcast like me oh, is bullshit because unless you're going to sit there and say you had a huge show, huge show on network TV and you took that audience with you, that's not the, that's not the norm for most people. The norm for most people is like the way I started, which is like, even now I am way above where I used to be. I have a, I, I now have a single family home. I have a, a room in my own basement. I turned into my own, studio that's not where i started i started um i was living in a townhouse with my frat brother uh me and rice would take one of those tv trays that you you can sit your t- we sit down in, in 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 the living room we put the laptop on the tv tray and i would connect one usb mic not that not the usb like blue yeti i'm talking about like one of those those little long like those those little the little cheap logitech 1999 ones one of those pieces of shit and that is how Rice and I used to do the show for at least the first six months with us both with shitty audio quality talking to them. Like, and then our first guest was Jax. And the way we did it was I called him through my fucking Blackberry, put him on speakerphone. And that's how we do the show. So, yeah, like unless somebody's giving you the advice of from the from the uh, the, the the perspective of that's how they started. You got to take it with a grain of salt because it's like most, I think for most people who start a podcast, you don't have the money to do this. You don't have right. 
the access to do some of this stuff. You don't have the audience. You're just some random person putting a show out. You might not even have the social media following. I know I didn't at first. Like now I have thir- I think 13,000. I don't even know how many people I have following me on Twitter, but now I have thousands of people following me on Twitter. I didn't have that before. I didn't have that when I right. first started the show. So it's like, that's what you need to hear. That's what I think that's the advice that some people need to hear from. They need to hear from people who aren't like, yeah, I make a million dollars a year off podcasting. Learn from me. It's like, well, fuck, dude. Like, yeah. Well, I started off from nothing. I mean, sure. Yeah, I'm a famous actor. And yeah, sure. I'm a famous comedian. Yeah, sure. I was on network TV, but I came from nothing. It's like, no, you didn't come from nothing. This is the all Donald you, Trump. You have to get a studio. Right. You get a studio. Like, come on, man. It's like the Donald Trump argument of I brought myself up. I just got a little million dollar loan from my dad. It's like, no, well, that fucking million dollars went a long way. You know, it's like there you have to, you know, you for most people when they start off, they don't know anything. They don't they don't have the access to all this stuff. So the question then becomes, well, how do you do it? How do you get to the part where you can afford to buy a mixer when you can afford to buy that? Like, what what do you do? Like, what can you use? You know, uh, and I, I think a lot of a lot of this stuff kind of avoids that. How do you grow an audience? How do you go when you're literally a, you're just a random person, you know, who has an idea for a show that wants to do? How do you start from there? You know, nobody knows who you are. How do you build it into a brand? How do you do that? Like, that's the kind of stuff I think people need. And I think a lot of times people avoid that. They, they don't see that. And to me, that's what podcasting is. You know, podcasting is something that any person can do no matter what their background is. And, exactly. you know, um, building the community and, and, and how you do it from there. And yeah, you can do it. If, if, hey, look, so if for Adam, and I'm not, you know, I don't like Adam Carolla, but like, hey, look, he, he built his community using the community you already had. He came in to the game with the community. That's great. If you have that community, you definitely want to bring the community in. That's step number one. But what if you don't have a big community? Because like, here's the thing. Like, it's so funny. I saw an um thing in one of the groups. It was asking, "Do you get upset if your friends and family don't listen oh, to your yeah, podcast?" And I didn't respond to it, but I was like, "No," because I just I I I understand why people feel some kind of way. But it's like, you know, that's that's the life. Like when I first started <laughs> podcasting, nobody listened to podcasting. Like a matter of and again here at this day and age. Now at least, at least people know what podcasting is, right? Well, <laughs> yes. you know what? It's, it's it's a thick skin you have to acquire too. Oh yeah. Because at first, you know, I at first I wanted everybody to listen. I was like, oh my god, I need to tell my mama. You know, well, not my mama, but you know, I need to tell all my friends. Come on, please listen. And now I'm like, nigga, I don't even care if nigga, I don't care if Chris listens. Like, I get it. <laughs> like, I don't care. Is you need to focus on your audience, mm. or not worry about the people that you can't get. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. So hey, I just you know, it's a cautionary cautionary tale, man. Like I I came in a different way than Chris and him. Well, a little bit different. It's funny. Because, I, was gonna, I was just about to ask you to tell people your your podcast story. Yeah, how, like how it's a little different, it. man. Like because I started out listening to Rod and Karen and Chris and uh who I think it was Kev at the time. And uh man, no, Rice, I think Rice might still be anyway. Um so you know, I was listening to them. So we, I kind of had a model of what a show I wanted to do, what it sounded like. So I reached out to Rod, and um, when I did my first show, and I, I tell this uh, story all the time, and I reached out to him, was like, "Hey man, just started a podcast. Was wondering if you know if you could listen, tell me what you think." And he's like, 
maybe. And for for the longest time, I I didn't get it. I was like, what? what? I mean, we cool. Like I'm I'm chopping it up with them on on on, on Twitter. And we, you know, and I get it now. Niggas didn't have time. You know what I'm saying? That's the first <laughs> thing you had to think about. You know what I'm saying? Like niggas don't have time to sit around and listen to your podcast, man. Like we hear it, you hear it. Um, that that was a little rant. Sorry. Um, but no, so, no, but, but that, that brings up a good point, though. You do have to. I think a lot of people sometimes they kind of just jump right in to like doing that. It's like, yo, you know, don't 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 feel bad if somebody like I took, we bring this up all the time. Yo, do you understand how many times Deepom pitched me the combo book club in the character corner before I finally was like, fuck it, okay. Like finally, finally was like, right, fuck it, maybe right. this nigga's onto something, you know? Because <laughs> it's, like, it's like you know, again, in in that mindset. You're in the middle of doing all this stuff, and you're just like, "Oh, fuck! Another idea, another show. Fuck it." Uh, okay, fine. And then finally, you get a, you you get that moment, and you're sitting down there going, "Hey, you know what? This wasn't a bad idea, actually." <laughs> Yo, what what was this nigga's name? Yeah, like, Deep Pump Six. Oh. Let me go talk to this nigga. Let me, let me, Yo, so you remember when you were talking? Like, what 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 was this idea you were talking about? <laughs> oh, you mean you mean my idea? Right. <laughs> Um, but no, so we, but we had like a, a more of a, 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 not, I won't say meteoric rise, that's too much, but we had a bit of a rise our first year, you know, so like from our first year on, that's why I say, yo, y'all sometimes y'all don't want that shit. Like as much as you think you want it, we went from like 50 downloads in our first month. I'm actually kind of looking at them right now. I went from 50 downloads to 250, right? The next month. And I was like, oh, my God. And it just kept going up. We started getting written about in articles. Hell, me and Chris got written about in an article uh, within the first couple of years of our show. Mm-hmm. And guess, then guess what happened? It plateaued. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, okay, what do you do now? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm, I was used to being, oh, we got all these numbers. Things are moving up. Things are moving. What do I do with the show now? It's been a year. Our listenership has just stayed steady. You know what I'm saying? Do I stop the show? Or are people still listening? And that's when you have to realize, is is it about you or is it about the product you're putting out? You know what I'm saying? And the product I was putting out was good enough that people wanted to go premium. So that's the only reason we kept it going. It's like, all right, we got premium going. Guess what? Last year was the most successful year we've ever had in BAP. See, you just can't give up. You know what I'm saying? Because I was there. I was like, man, it's a lot of work. I got all these shows, got all these people. And, you know, where's the sitting, all this accolades I was getting before. And, you, you know, you just can't give up, man. And, you know, this year has been, like I said, the most successful we've had ever, you know. So that that's my little podcast story. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's real. I mean, it, it takes real, you man. it it you have to just keep going like like, And, and it, go, it goes back to the idea of because you're on Lipson, too, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, like, listen, the 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 problem here's the problem with download watching and view watching on, on on any of these things. Nobody has any accurate numbers. Nobody yet. No, no well, so nobody nobody has has any accurate numbers. And sixty five percent of the podcasters I've encountered have lied to me about their numbers. Oh yeah, well it, that's one. And here's the thing: like, look, look, one, don't try to lie to other podcasters about your numbers because, like. So we've done. Like we we know. We like, know. come we on, know. guy. Uh, now I do understand that sometimes when you want to start off and you want to get into media access, sometimes sometimes you lie about your numbers there. 
Right, that's a little different. That's yeah, a little, yeah, little yeah, different. Yeah, talking the Look, look, I mean, we've all been there. We've all been there before. Like, it was a big it was a big milestone for us when we was like, yo, we got into this event and I ain't live on my numbers. Look at that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Growth. <laughs> you know, it's like but um But no, like like so the big thing that happened with Lipson, uh they they changed their standard at how they were calculating unique downloads and things like that. And a lot of shows, ours included, took a big hit. Like we are, yeah. Download numbers got cut, and on one hand, it could have like really fucked with my, you know, uh, uh, with my ego and things like that. But I had already gotten to the long lines that when our numbers had jumped at the first time, I was like, this can't, this can't be fucking real. These numbers can't be fucking real. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna see them cut. And when they did, I was like, damn, well, okay, they cut kind of hard. But, you know, we're still doing pretty good, and I'm going to keep going. I'll use these numbers now, and who knows, a couple years from now, they might change again and go right back up. Like, you you just can't, like, you can't worry about that. I look at it like this. It's like, hey, those numbers, while those numbers went down, our number of people that subscribed to our premium went up. So I was like, well, fuck it, as far as I see it is. That's a win. Like, you know, <laughs> like, you know, maybe less people are buying or listening to the, 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 the free content, but more listening to the paid content. So fuck it. <laughs> you know, it's like. On a side note, because um, I wanted to touch on something you said real quick um, about the the monetization. Don't be afraid to ask your listeners, you know, to help out. You know what I'm saying? Like Karen, get, Karen gets used to get on me every year about the way I ask people for donations and for our patrons. She was like, no, nah, man, you need to, you need to be proud of that. you know what I'm saying? You got listeners. They want to help you out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? People want to help. So, yeah. you know, even if you got 200 downloads, never hurts to throw that out there. That's, you know, you might be able to get your hosting paid for, you know, you, you, um, I know, uh, Gatspot, they were able to go. I know they're raising funds now for 2018 going to San Diego comic-con. But 2016, mm-hmm. I know they got they were able to raise funds to go to 20 uh, to to San Diego Comic Con based off of fan uh, fans putting money towards that. Um, I I know uh, for the longest time before he went premium, um, uh, Phenom and Where's from Forty Acres were paying for their server costs through people donating and things like that. So yeah, they no, promoting it. They were just you know, yeah, yeah. they mentioned it twice, right? So. You know, and so like. Yeah, definitely don't. I mean, like I said, I would say build your community first. Make sure you have the community first. <laughs> but once you know you've been in the game and you've gotten like a handle on what you want to do, yeah, definitely put the donate button up. Ask people, hey, if you can don't if you like what you're hearing, donate to us so we can build more. And we can we can we can we can get new equipment. We can do this and we can do that. And let people know what they're what you're doing with it. And um, yeah, they'll support. And yeah, I mean, it also it also gives a level of investment. Uh, from the community that, you know, they wouldn't have had otherwise. Like, I, I know a lot of our people that subscribe or donate to our patrons. Mm-hmm. They don't even, like, I, I look at the numbers. They barely listen to the shows. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of times they're, they're like, doing it because they want to rock with us. Now, the shows, like, the reviews and things like that are premium. Off One-off shows are great. But nobody go back and listen to our archives. You know what I'm saying? Like, they do it to support us. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, Throw that out there. And 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 and, and all this advice, I and mean, we're talking about this isn't relating to podcasting, but 
I think this is also this this information is very very important for anybody out there who wants to be in a business because uh, again I, and I think this is first of all if you're you're running a podcast and you ever want to get to the part where it's going to be more than a hobby for you then you need to start thinking about a, it forming into a business and what you want to do in that aspect like I I, I get on people all the time about this if you're going to be doing this for any kind of thing and you want to track your expenses and things like that and you're going to actually get to the point where you're thinking about finding some kind of way of making money Look up how to form a business. You know, if you can get a lawyer, you can. But you can a lot of stuff you can look up. You can do it yourself. Like I formed our our business by just looking up things online and talking to other people. Um, but you need to do that. And this advice is true for whether you're a podcast or you know you're you know a clothing business or whatever. The same thing. You build the community around you. You uh you 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 make sure you reach out to people. Um, don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid oh, to work with other people uh, that's who have businesses. Moment. Right there. Don't yeah. be afraid to work with people. Build your tribe, man. If you got people that are podcasters that you rock with, reach out to them. Like, mm-hmm. that's the that's the way I got, you know, the only reason I'm cool with Chris and Rogers because I reached out and was like, I really like what y'all doing. And, you know, let's, let's see. Can we work together? And I mean, turns out these niggas is cool and they turned into my friends, but mm-hmm. you know, build, build your tribe and don't be afraid to reach out to people, man. Yeah. And and that's how, and that's how it works. And it, like I said, I, I think, especially in this area, cause one thing I want to segue into is someone was looking into, um, I, I put his post out about how I think next year is going to be a bloodbath for some people come tax time. Um, and, and uh, yeah, like, Oh boy. Um, so here's the crazy thing. So I, I I was noticing a lot of people, not a lot. Some people are noticing more money in their paycheck. I know a lot more money in my paycheck this year. And now granted I was, I did get a raise and things like that, but I was like, this just doesn't feel right. Um, and I realized what it was is, um, the company, the, the, the new tax law, there's a new, uh, tax withholding table. Uh, and mm. some companies are using it already. Like my company is, I do know that some people said that they haven't seen anything new in their paycheck yet. Like they, you, they don't, the companies don't aren't forced to do it until February fifteenth, I believe. So you might not see anything, and your company might not switch over to the new tables. Um, and, right. and and it could be you're getting nothing extra new. Some of you could. I know some of us put down a little bit more ex, uh, exceptions and things like that or exemptions. Um, but uh, one thing, and this is something that I talked about with Leslie when she was on that. Hey, listen, if you do have a path to entity business, you might be in a better shape next year. Uh, so if you were thinking about starting that business, <laughs> now is the good year to go ahead and do that, particularly if you're already doing it. Like, um, and uh, that's something I'm definitely going to be talking more about, and you know, how I'm doing that and and like the stuff that comes with it. Like, you're not, I'm not saying game the system, but it kind of is like, you gotta use sometimes use the laws that this fucked up country has to your advantage. And one of those advantages is if you run a business, you know, uh, you can get a little bit, you know, you 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 can help yourself come tax time next year because I I feel like a lot of people might end up getting screwed because you know the, the Republicans are talking about oh you're getting more in your your paycheck every paycheck and I'm like that never really comes with nothing though. That's I think it's gonna be a bad look come next year. Man. Well, what they 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 haven't told her. So first thing that that's driving me crazy about this is the IRS doesn't even have the new calculator up. So the new W four right. withholding calculator, it's not even up yet. 
So that for at least that first the first paycheck for some people, I get paid once a month. So that first paycheck for me already has, you know, like I th- again, I think I'm good because of, you know, I have a business and so my exemptions and things like that are probably be fine the way they are. Um but for everybody else, you're not gonna be able to calculate. They got rid of the personal what was it, the personal the personal exemptions. Mm-hmm. You can no longer get that. Personal deductions are you can no longer get that. And um that could fuck over some people. Now how could it fuck yeah. over some people? Well they tell you, hey, if you want to know how this is gonna affect you, use the withholding calculator. Oh, but it's not up on the website yet. I wonder I wonder if it'll be up by the time it drops. By the time everything comes to pass. They said it's supposed to be out this month. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see. But we but, we've seen other stuff in this administration that right. That, being truthful anyway so who knows so i like it, it did get me thinking though um so and again we're segueing now into other other topics outside of just podcast but it kind of relates because again i run my business you know like this um it got me thinking about how when it comes to education in this country one of the things that we really lack in besides just you know history because you know kids out here don't understand what slavery is or the trail of tears but um Financial literacy. Like, we do not teach kids how to handle finances as an adult. So when it comes time, when you get out of college and you go in, the first thing you're doing, you're filling out your W-4, you have no idea what the fuck you're doing. Bro, it looks like uh, another language. No idea. Like, I was seeing people, like, so, let me get back further. Um... And I've realized this in the last few years, and when I put this thing about taxes next year, it's going to screw some people over, and blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, there's also tax season now, beginning of this year. And I've been seeing people do their taxes and getting their refunds. I was looking at all these commercials for, for refunds and things like that, and I was like, oh, my God. It just hit me. I'm like, even the way we everybody does their taxes as an adult, nobody does them fucking right. Because, honestly you should not be getting a lot of money back in your tax refund. Tax refund. Nobody (laughs) told you that. But every commercial you watch at this time goes, maximize your refund. Get your money back. Oh, what are you going to do with your tax refund? I'm like, uh, technically everybody should owe a little bit because if you are getting a lump sum, a big lump sum back during tax season, during your tax refund, that means you gave for 12 months the U.S. government a interest-free loan of your right. own fucking money. Right. <laughs> yeah, that that's basically what it is. Look, I, I know some people um, that, and it, again, it's, I'm from a, a smaller city. Uh, they be like, "Well, I, don't, I just like getting the money because I've talked to people about this, and they be like, well, I just like getting the money back.' Like, but but you're getting screwed all year. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're getting screwed all year." To get that lump sum that you then use and then it's it, gone. It's gone. And I mean, yeah, sir, if you use it to pay off your bills and that, okay, cool. All right, fine. But technically, what if, what if you got a little bit more, but you got a little bit more back. You put that money that you were getting back, the more money you get back into his financial saving loans. Won't even, I won't even get into the retirement fund yet. Hmm. And then when Task Tank Tom came back, you pay the bill. And then you took the money. I guarantee you would have more. You would have more because the money you have, you're getting some kind of interest off of. Yep. And you'd have the money there 
to pay off the tax, whatever the ta- extra tax bill is, and the money you have, the lump sum, lump sum you have left over there, would be more than if you wait for the government to give you back, because there's no interest on that money, and that's assuming you get all the money back <laughs> that the government's supposed to give you back, because you know taxes can be confusing, so you might not even get all that money back. Here's the thing. You know, if if you don't pay all the, the the government all the money you're supposed to, oh, they come after your ass. If the government doesn't give you all your money back, they don't say shit. They don't go, oh, hey, you remember back? You know, unless you go back and file paperwork for it, they don't go, hey, you remember when um we gave you a thousand dollars back? We were supposed to give you fifteen hundred back. Our bad. Whoops. No, they don't. No, happen. they just be like, mm, well, yeah, that's five hundred dollars you didn't say. And if now if you go back and refile. Then maybe you get the money back, but you're not getting it back unless you do. You that. have to know, yeah. You have to know that you were owed that money. Yeah, like that main thing. Like so, most people don't realize that they what money what money they're supposed to be getting back. Right. Period. And, and so the whole and, and and everything revolving around taxes around this time are are set on refund this, refund that. Like you know, H H and R Block, like. You know, TurboTax, all these things. Hey, do it now. Get your refund. Like, I get all these emails about my refund. Oh, your refund is waiting. And in the back of my mind, I'm going, no, it's not, because I know I owe. Right. <laughs> I'm like, yo, no, because I, I got back my fucking extra money, and I know I owe. And that's what I've done. The last few years, I've owed money. And what I do is I go I go right into the savings account, pull it out, and be like pay it off, and go back to getting as much money as I can from, you know, from and my, and my check month to month. And I'd rather have I'd rather have that than get back. Basically, you're getting back less money. But again, it goes back to this idea that you know. And again, I'm not a tax professional, but I've had to learn this from either other people. You know, my, my thankfully my dad because my dad works with a, a guy who does his taxes and is always telling me to maximize my. My dad's the one that pushed me into getting an LLC so I could claim all the, the expenses I have and then you know lower my tax bill that way. My dad is the one that, you know, tells me, "Hey, he's always hitting me." He's like, "Yo, what do you, what do you, what do you put into your four hundred one k? Are you, you maxing out your four hundred one k? You doing that stuff?" Because that's another thing too. People don't understand that. Listen, what if you get that money back, and instead of using it, up your uh, if you have if you have a four hundred one k through your job, up your four hundred one k elections. That's what I've done. Right. I went and did that. I yeah. went, went and Especially did that if they have a match, definitely do it. Yes. I once I saw that what was going on with this stuff and this tax bill, so I was like. Yeah, let me go ahead and up those. Because a lot of people, and again, a lot of people don't understand how that works. It's like these are this is pre-tax, so it's not like hey, if you're putting two hundred dollars into your four hundred one k, it's not like your check every month is technically two hundred dollars less. It's not because the money coming it's a percentage. It's it's pre-tax, yeah. so technically it's not all that you know. You're not it's, you might not as you might not miss as much as you think you're gonna miss. And, you won't it, it, unless it's a significant amount. You won't right. miss it, right? <laughs> And so, like, I, I th- this is stuff that I, I wish that was taught. Like we, and again, there's a reason why it's not taught. I wish it was taught. And this is not the the whole type thing. Is like they're not going to teach you this in school. This is just for everybody. It's not just black people. It's everybody. Nobody, nobody. is knows how to do this. Nobody knows how to do this right. And the crazy thing about this tax bill is because when I put the the, the the status up, I have people who are either accountants themselves. Or, or or tax people themselves, and or have talked to the tax people. The the tax the tax experts don't even know themselves at this point with this new tax. Wow. 
So I'm like, so that makes it even worse. Like, I usually do my own taxes. I think next year might be the first year I actually take my taxes into somebody else. Because I think it's going to be I think it's gonna be a fucking mess. And I think a lot of people aren't going to be prepared for it. And I, I really want people um, to be aware. And I really would like people. I, 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 I really wish there was a campaign to really educate people about the whole tax refund thing. Yeah, man. Get your, get your, like, look at your checks a little harder, man. Yo, get get your money. Because uh, it, it's so funny to me. Like, it, it, <laughs> I was sitting next to, sitting there, was in the office with my coworker, and she was talking about, you know, she's the one that kind of alerted me to the fact that we were getting more in our paycheck. And she was so, she was she was like, oh, I'm getting this more money for my paycheck. It's like, oh, but they take out so much for taxes. And I'm like, well, you could technically change your elections and then, oh, that way they're taking out less for taxes now and then just pay the extra tax when you come, you know? It's not that bad. I mean, yeah, sure, if you're going to end up owing $10,000, and yeah, you're not going to want to do that. But most people are not. I think I think in the last few years I've, put, I've had to put out like maybe 2500 Right. You know? And I'm like, when I think about the extra money in my paycheck, I'm able to put a lot more away uh, a month uh, that I can put, I, I can, I can pay that. I can put that aside, put, let that collect interest. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, and then I pay them, you know, uh, that, and I've I made at least a, a little, a few extra bucks off of that money. Like it's so much better to do that than to sit here and go in and just get that lump sum and think that, Oh yeah, I'm getting free money. No, you're getting your own money back. That's, I mean, it's it just, the whole entire conversation around tax and, and the tax refund thing, it's been driving me crazy. And I'm not angry at people for not knowing, but I'm angry that I'm angry actually angry at the tax professionals. Like when you see the things like turbo, like, good yeah. job to be up on this stuff. Right. Cause it's like, yo, what are you telling people? Like, no, that's not how that fucking works. You should tell them this. And it's like, oh, if you tell them that, then they won't come and make right. you any money. Right, right, right. Because what happens, that's the thing too. So you do this stuff, right? You go to a tax professional, you get a refund back, right? What do they end up doing? It t- they take a little bit of your refund. Oh, so yeah, they, so yeah. They, I, I'm so, just going to take 15 Right, right. So, 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 so I want you guys to really understand what the fuck's going on here. So the government takes out too much money from your paychecks every month. Come April 15th or the next, whenever you file your tax next year, they say, oh, here's your money back that we took out too much of. But the person who fought, who did your taxes for you, be it TurboTax or um, you know, tax, yeah, yeah, whatever, they go, well, since we filed the taxes for you, let me come off $50 of that. Let me come off. Oh, and you can pay me with the refund you get. Yo, you know what's wild about that, though? Like the H&R block and the TurboTax, a lot of those – um, aren't even like refunds, they're loans on the refund. Like it's same those same day, uh, get your taxes back, same day. Those are fucking oh, loans. Oh, 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 oh that's just, uh, yeah, that, that's just a scam. I always say, oh, that's just bad. Yeah, that's just bad. Like never do that. Never, never, yeah. never let people give you a, a, a loan off of the refund that you're expecting to get. Never do that. Never right. do that. So, but again, it's all this stuff is built off of the fact of you can all avoid it if you just, Pay a little bit more. Pay a little bit of the taxes every year when it comes in. Get more of your money back. You cut that cut that fucking middleman out. 
Like I it's, feel, it's, yeah, it's really interesting for me because my wife is a teacher, so her whole tax situation is totally different. So it forced us to kind of dig in within the last, I would say, about ten years. We've been married ten years, so within like the last ten years, like we really started digging into like this is what we need to do. Let's change this election. Let's change or change this, um, because it changes every year, and people don't aren't aware of that. If you just keep them going the same, you're not getting the full benefit. Um, of being able to control your own taxes. Yo, like I said, it's going to be crazy. Nobody knows how the withholding tables change is going to affect anybody. But if you think about it, you've been at a job forever and you've never changed your W-4s. And let's say you had a lot more exceptions, but now you're losing one of those, those the, the personal deduction and that, that's affecting you. You might now act, they might not, they might now out, take out less taxes from your, than you should be, which might mean you actually do owe next year. Yep. <clears throat> and be a lot not, of people that own that Right. Year. And then you're not prepared for it and you're fucking screwed. So yeah, like I said, I, I, I try to tell people, like I see people get it really excited. Oh, I'm getting that tech. And I, hey, look, I used to be the same way. You're always excited. I mean, it, it feels good to get more money on your chair. Yeah. You know? Well, it feels good to get that lump sum. Anytime you get a lump sum, it feels great. You always think a lump sum, you know, matters more. But in this case, it, it really doesn't, you know, like it, if you take the time now to save up a little bit now, because um, it, it, it was funny. I was going through um, some for, uh, I, I was digging into the tax stuff and I was looking at some 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 ways around, not around it, but like ways to kind of mitigate it. And people were like, one thing I like to do is I always tell people, like, especially if you're younger and you can afford it and, and your company does this, definitely. Contribute to your 401k. Yes. Um, it lowers I learned your, that the hard way. Yeah. Definitely. It, it lowers your, one, it lowers your tax bracket. So there's that. Um, and it lowers how much of your money is being taxed. But um, like if you work for a company that does has a good 401k policy, then let's say they do up to 6% matching, which my company does. There's a, the, up to 6% matching of your, of your, your total salary. So that means you should contribute how, what, Ever, however much is going to get six percent of your salary, let's match that. So, and that, again, that's free money. That's that's like people talk about bonuses. That's a bonus if you think about it. That means six percent, six percent of whatever your salary is, they're going to put into your four hundred one k. That's fucking free money. And don't don't let it get to the point to where you're vested in a company where like, oh yeah, oh, that's that's when the real money start going because it don't even matter at that point. Yeah, that money is making you money. Um, and so, uh, if you can do that and up those elections and do that and put that stuff in there, cause I was, I was, I was looking at some stuff cause I was like, you know, I'm about to be 35 this year. Um, that actually, no, I'm lying. I'm about to be 36 this year. I'm getting old. I, about to say, Nick, I thought you was older than me. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting old as shit. I'll be 36 this year. And I was like, well, I wonder what, like, what is the, what is a good 401k balance to have at, you know, 30, 35, 36, right? And I looked it up, and I ended up going in this rabbit hole, looking at these things where it was like years ago they had what the the what the, the, the amount was, and I was like, oh, I wasn't hitting that. But now I found that what happened was because everything goes on with the economy, the recession we went through, like a lot of people just are not contributing as much as they used to, and the, those amounts are so much lower than what they should be. And and with the projection that so many people when they retire are not going to have enough money, you're not going to be able to retire. You yeah, know? that's. That's what people are not realizing, dog. Like, people, 
there's not going to be any uh, retirement for our generation and beyond. Mm-hmm. If we can fix this mess that we, you know, got ourselves into, like, it's not, it's just not going to be a retirement yeah. for a 35, 36. Nope. So, so, I mean, and, 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 and like, so you got to find some kind of way. And even, let's say you don't have a 401k. I mean, even if you can start up a, a savings account and save a while, uh, as much as you can. And, and again, that's a privilege. It definitely is a privilege to have to be able to have the money to be able to do that. Um, but for those that can, I, I, I highly recommend you kind of look into doing that shit because, like I said, it, it's it's going to be bad. And I, I just feel really bad. Like the other thing, too, a lot of people don't understand about the tax bill is it. It's front loaded with cuts and benefits and it gets worse every year. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when 2020 comes in, people might be high off of the, it's, it's going to basically be the 2008 elections again, where all of a sudden the economy fucking crashes because out of nowhere, out of, it, it's going to, yeah, right. It's going to, it's going to seem like it's out of nowhere, but it's not going to be out of nowhere because everybody's going to be like, right. yeah. So you remember how we didn't, yeah, this is the problem we try to tell you. And you guys got happy. With uh, I think so funny, Paul Ryan was saying that some woman, some teacher in Wisconsin or something like that, was getting extra a dollar fifty in her her paycheck a week, and she can now pay for her like Costco membership oh, a year. And I was oh, like, you oh, fucking, <sighs> she's getting an extra six dollars a, a month, and you're touting that as a win, as more. And here's the thing, if she's getting that now, it's gonna go away throughout the next four years. Like it, it gets so much worse. And the way the tax structure is and the way they, they structure that bill, it gets so much worse the further away you get from this this initial period. Cause they and they did it on purpose because they wanted people to feel good going to the midterms because as a nation we're dumb as fuck and we have short memories. And right. um, I, I just really feel for people and I want people to, you know, if you can, you know, because here's the thing that's gonna happen. It's gonna be the same thing Unfortunately, poor people are always fucking screwed. Because right. no matter what happens, like poor people are always fucking screwed in this country. But there's also going to be what happens with the middle class or lower middle class. There might be some of the mid to upper middle class too. Something that happened under under Bush, where there may be a bunch of people who see the extra money in their paycheck and they start spending. They go get that new car. They go get the new house. They go do this other stuff, not realizing that. You know, there's a time limit on this stuff, and that money's not really free. And they're gonna get themselves in the debt, get smacked sh- in the face with all those bills. And it's gonna happen. To me. And shit is going to hit the fan, and people are gonna be wondering how we got here. And it's like this: it's a temporary high you're getting. And it kind of ties it back into what we were saying about the podcast and stuff. It's like. If you're worried about the temp, if you're looking at the temporary, the quick fix for some of this stuff, it's never good. Like those get rich quick schemes, and that's what some of this stuff is, never work out. And um, yeah, I, I really feel for people who, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just worried about it. I, I'm it's worried. Be about- a, it's, it's, you know what, though? We, at a certain point, man, it's only so much you can do to concern yourself with it. Oh, yeah. Like no. you do doing this right now is, is enough man like people you know 
people, and I guess it's because this sounds a little harsh, but people need to really kind of take it a little more responsibility, you know, of, of what they're investing in, man. Like they, 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 they don't really realize that these decisions that you're making now um, are affecting you 40 years from now, you know, and they just need to take that into account. So. No, absolutely. I, I, it, um, I was very lucky in that my dad taught me a lot of shit and told me a lot of things about like, contributing to my 401k, doing this, doing that, you know, buying a house. Hey, when you buy a house, you can get, you know, you can get a tax credit and this and that, and you can claim this. Him and him, him forcing me to, you know, hey, start a business, you know, and you can claim that stuff. And like, hey, when you, when you drive your car to an event, you can claim the mileage and you can do this and that and you can do this. And, and I did, you know, I, I was very lucky and I had him to do that. And I think back to it and I always think about stuff like this, like, if he didn't tell me any of that stuff, would I have done any of this? Right. You would have and, been screwed. And I would have been. You know, I I I I I keep track of my 401k and I've been adjusting the elections. Like so I don't just contribute, I go into it and I see what funds are doing and I see the return is and like I keep an eye on cuz I was like, mm, okay, yeah. So last year, last year I got a ridiculous return. Like Last year, the return of my the investments in my four hundred one k was like seventeen percent, and I was like, "There's no Ooh. way that stays normal." So I went right <laughs> in, and I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna have to adjust some of this shit because this is gonna crash soon." And again, that's another thing that happens with people: the people they go into and they let people other people run their investments, and then they 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 end up getting crashed. Like it's just like you have to. Just do a little looking yourself. Do a little dig. Just to have a little bit of understanding of what was going on, because yeah, like I said, a- like I said, my my coworker, she got the four. Got the four was like, oh, I'm getting four hundred dollars more on paycheck, and I was like, huh. Like when she said it to me, I was just like, hmm, it's a lot of fucking money. Right. And I looked at what I was getting. I was like, okay, I'm getting even more back. I'm like, okay, no way. It, it bothered me all the way drive home. Was like, I should be happy. I'm not. What's going on here? So I started looking up what was going on. I was like, oh, our company's using a new tax withholding tables. And I might need to adjust what what my exceptions are and my allowances are. And I might need to need to do that because that can screw me later on. So it's like, you know, you got to ask those questions and be aware of that. And if I hadn't said anything to her, because I told her, I was like, went back into the office the next day. I was like, yeah, so uh, this is what happened. This is what's going on. I am, I'll be my, uh, uh, my uh, 401k uh, elections and I might adjust uh, well I have an LLC so I might not adjust my 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 four my w4 um, but I'm at least gonna start putting that money aside uh, and, and, and and pay off some of these credit card bills so that way if next year I do owe I can pay that tax bill but I was like you might want to be a little careful like don't go out start spending that money and you know she was like oh thank you for telling me I didn't even think about that I was like yeah and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, aren't going to think that you're going to see the extra money in your paycheck. And you just, you just get happy. And, um, I don't want people to be screwed. Cause like I said, there, a lot of people were hurt. Um, in the, in that, like something, I man, thinking about it, some people didn't, some people didn't live through that crash. They were, they were, they were just, they were young. They didn't under, they, they weren't homeowners during that, 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 that 2009 crash, that 2008 crash. When, when housing prices dropped, 
Oh, nigga, I, I, bro, I was just coming out of school, like really getting myself together, school, like school wise, and being an adult, bro. It was the worst, man. I only had this house because of that. This house was a foreclosure that what I'm in now. And mm. okay, okay, last thing, and then we'll move on to some some other topics. But like, so this is what happened with me. Like when I got out of school, started working, uh, and again, I'm I'm in software engineer, so I'm in a in a pretty stable uh, um field and we we make we make good money yeah i do okay right we do okay <laughs> you know no matter what happens i, I don't want to say our jobs are recession proof but we do we do okay going going through anything there's always going to be a job for us um so when i got out of school the first thing i was looking at was trying to get houses but this is like 2005 2006 and like literally the lady that my dad showed me he uh, had me talk to his um uh, uh, real estate agent. She was literally, I, I shit you not, she was showing me shacks for like $200,000. Like there was literally a shack for like $200,000 because it was on some property. And I was like, fuck no. I was like, I guess I'm just going to be renting from now on. Uh, housing market crashed in 2008, 2007, 2008. Um, and I got this house as a foreclosure. Now, first thing, a couple things happened with this. One, when I went into the real estate agent, because a lot of people don't do this, and I remember having this conversation on Twitter once, and this guy was just like, "Oh no, you can just do that." So I think the general, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the general idea on 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 how much house you can afford or how much house you can get a a mortgage for is like was it like four times your salary or something like that. It's like three or four times your salary, um, right? And it's some other criteria that's involved with it as well, right? Uh, I can't remember what it is, but yeah. That's the main thing. Three to four and, times your salary. And, and and again, I and I, again, so I, I get really lucky. I had a really good real estate agent. And now he told me something, and I already knew the information he was going to tell me. But he broke it in. He was like, "Listen, though, never get that because you're going to be house poor. You know, you got mm. these people coming out, and they get, you know, they're getting a, you know, they're on a fifty thousand dollars salary, and they're getting a house that's two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand dollars." They got no money. The other thing too is on that mortgage, they don't show you what the taxes are. They don't show you what the interest are. They just show you what the base mortgage yep. is, and it's that's it's never that. You're never paying that. So it's like your base mortgage is like a thousand dollars, but then you, you add like, up everything else, it's like another five seven hundred dollars on top of that, right? And that's before you even get to like you know your utilities and everything else like that. So it's like it's like yeah, man. So it's like you you want to make sure you're doing that. Other thing too, and this is something my dad did. Dad always told me. But again, this is what fucked up people during the housing crisis. And I've heard that this is coming back. Um, it's like, yo, get a fixed loan. Yep. Always get a oh, fixed God. Loan. People got upside down on those loans so bad. So bad and so fast. And under Trump and the deregulation oh, thing, like, you know it's coming back. Right. So, so, like, so I got a fixed loan. I, I, I got a house that was... I bought this house for 180, I think. Cause I told him my criteria was like, yo, I don't want to live with anybody. I want to have my own house. I don't want to live with anybody. I don't want roommates. And I know I can get a newer house. I know I can get a bigger house, but like, I don't want to live with you. I don't want to have to like sell. I don't want to have to deal with that, 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 that stuff. And I'm so glad I did that. Now at this point I can fix this house up. sell it, and I do want to get something bigger now. Um, but I'm also making way more money than I did at that time. But it's like, I was lucky enough to have people that weren't trying to screw me. I had, I had a real estate agent who wasn't trying to get me into the biggest house because you could get the biggest right. fucking commission. 
but so many other people are, and I have a feeling that's going to happen under Trump again. Because under Republicans, that's what happens, right? They tell you, oh, we're going to give you more money in your paycheck. Oh, we're going to deregulate. We're going to, oh, we're going to do this. And basically what that means is consumer protections are going out of the fucking window. And people are going to take advantage of people because, again, as a people, we don't we don't understand finances. We don't understand how yeah. this stuff fucking works. I mean, they just did something with the banks. Then they just deregulate uh, some shit with the banks to where their loans got deregulated or some shit like that. Probably. Like, if I'm not mistaken, something crazy just happened with the banks to where there's not a protection for the consumer anymore um, when getting loans. So you need to watch out, man. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, let's see. Uh, let's see. I'm going here with Trump deregulation plan. Uh, big banks could get back into the mortgage market. Yep. For the yeah, past yeah, six years, yeah. For the past six years, has been a quiet revolution in the mark mortgage marketplace. Uh, big banks like J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, and Citibank have moved out, and non-bank lenders such as Quicken, Loan Depot, and Caliber Home Loans have moved in in a big way. The revolution went largely unchallenged, but that may uh, may be about to change if the Trump administration removes regulations on the big banks and stops sending bad sending bad loans back to the banks for repayment. Deregulation would open the, the door for big banks to move back in. Paul Miller, a banking al- analysis for FBR Capital Markets, said that he believes the big banks will return to the markets, but they will need solid protections on reps and warrants. Uh, the re- the financial the financial due diligence that's done on both sides of the transaction before a deal uh, a deal can close. He had the banks would also need rules concerning the ability to repay uh, bad loans to relax, to be relaxed. The growth of the non-bank lending uh, lending is truly staggering. From just ten percent of the mortgage origination market in two thousand ten to half of it in today, according to the Inside Mortgage Finance. Yeah, that's not. You don't want. I don't think you want the banks back into it because you know what happened last time. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. just just throwing that out there. Yep. So, like, then, like, this is, this is like, and, and I remember this when I bought my house. So I bought my house in two thousand nine, and my friend works for a, a research company, and they had done they 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 called in people, and she wanted to, every now and then she would call me and say, "Yeah, you want to make a quick fifty bucks? Hey, join this research group." And they were they wanted to talk to a wide range of people that were homeowners, and I was there, and it was so, I felt so bad. Cause I was one of the only like they got different people in different situations. Like some people that were, were looking to buy homes, some people that had bought a home recently, and some people who were underwater. And just hearing some of these people who were underwater talk about where they were. I mean, there were people who had. I'm putting condos in quotes because with you, what they were were they were apartments. I I used to hate those kind of condos. It was it was yep. a little apartment, and they had paid two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a two bedroom condo, basically an apartment room. And here I am sitting here and I'm like, yeah, I have a single family for 180. Right. And they, and they were underwater on their 250 condo. And it's just like, yo, and there were so many people like that. And so, and it's, this is weird. It, it's like, I'm, I'm hoping people don't like it, it. You know, another little side thing, like the whole cryptocurrency thing, you know, and, and Bitcoin and things like, look, think Bitcoin, Maybe that's the future. Maybe something goes on there. But I'm seeing so many people trying to get into it on some, I can make some quick money. That's a bad idea. Bad. When it crashes, when when the Bitcoin crash, cryptocurrency uh, market crashes, bro, people are going, it's going to be, people are going to lose their lives, man. Like, because people put their money, like life savings into this shit. 
it's going to be ugly, man. That is a really bad idea. I'm not saying you can't play in that market. I can't say but you can't put some money in there. Yo, it was so funny. People are everything in it, though. I, I don't know. I, you know, me and you watch, uh, and I don't listen to sometimes we listen to Gary V. Did you hear that story mm-hmm. he told about the two young kids that followed one of his strategies and then put all their money into Bitcoin? Mm-mm, no. He said oh, they, they had followed one of his strategies, and, you know, he, he it was like to go into Craigslist, get some, uh, find the free stuff people were giving away, then turn around and sell it on Facebook Market or or uh, on um, on uh, Craigslist or something like that, or eBay. And I'm like, you know, that's not, that's not bad. He was like, yo, these kids made, he's like, some of the kids made thousands and thousands of dollars, right? Uh, like, when he was like, one kid made like $60,000 on this, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, and then he told me, and then he was like, then they took all that money and they bought Bitcoin. Oh no! And he was like, and he was like, "Yo!" But they bought it at like seventeen, seventeen thousand. And he was just mm. like, mm. <sighs> it, "But it, but but it goes to show you, it's like people don't like they don't understand. They don't understand. Like that's a bad buy. <laughs> that's a that's, bad it's, buy. It's you know? not just a bad buy. It's it's like what what right. were you thinking? <laughs> right, right. Why would you? You just made all this money." And hey, I'm not saying, hey, maybe you take, if you get made 60000 hey, maybe you take ten and you put it in there. You know? Or you take... Have, you know, have some cash assets, bro. You never put everything in one pot, man. Never do that, man. And so, but again, it's just go back to the same things that we don't, we don't talk. We don't tell, I mean, why would these kids know any better? You know, right? Yeah. They're listening to a bunch of kids, they're listening to a bunch of people who are t- telling them, put money into Bitcoin and they don't have the financial skills to be told otherwise. You know? Right. I've been seeing some people. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was seeing the shit on Facebook all the time. We see you know, people really going to this. No, man, you put this money, you know, send, you know, what was it like? What was that? It's not, it was the Cash Me app or something like that. And it's like, yo, send me 25 and you can make five. I'm like, yo, guys, guys, come on. These are pyramids. Like, no. Like, this is not. That's not the way to wake it. Like, think about it. Okay, fine. You're, you're doing that. How about you put that shit into your fucking retirement fund? Yeah, just do that. <laughs> and you don't have to, like, you, like, put that money into your own. Like, but, like, but you said it earlier. People like fast money. Like, they like the idea of getting a, a, a investment, like, quickly, mm-hmm. you know. And, and that's not kind of how you make money a lot of times. No, nope. you know you kind of be patient. No, nope. and even then, like some of the stuff, like again going back to my four hundred one k stuff. I remember when so my four hundred one k took a hit in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, because of the crash, right? But I didn't panic. I didn't take the money out. I didn't really do it. I just left. Kind of left. It was like fuck it. You know, we're fine. Bounced completely fucking back. So again, so that, that shows you that's a that's a long game on that as well, right? And because I don't need it right now because it's my retirement fund and I'm like in my thirties, it's like, if it dips a little bit here, fuck it. All right. I got no, I'm not, I'm not pulling this money out for another fucking 30 years. So let it right. dip. And then when it comes back, cause it will come back, it'll be okay. Right. And, um, I know a lot of people wouldn't do that either. So it's just like, I, I want people to try to educate themselves on this stuff and, 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 and keep it on, especially now with this administration and what the Republicans are doing, they're doing a lot of underhanded shit to kind of make it seem like you're, getting ahead but you're going to be hit on the back end so i just want people to be prepared so 
Yeah, just be prepared, man. This I'm glad you did this because yeah. I have been thinking about it for a little bit, but I hadn't really delved into, you know, just how bad it could probably get. Yo, for a lot of people. I, yeah, it 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 scares me, man. It, it does because, and you know what scares me the most about it is because, like as I said before, like I'm in an industry and I'm in a job and 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 I'm make the money I make now, and I feel like I'm be I'm gonna be okay. But I know so many other people that won't be. Right. And I remember yeah. 2008 and 2009. I remember what happened when people lost all their life savings, when people lost their homes, when people, like, there are people still, like, this is something we don't talk about. There are still people recovering from that. Who, right now, who have yeah. Never, who have it's never true. recovered from that. And now I, I really feel, fear, that it's going to happen again. And I really want as many people as I know now to not be caught up in that shit. Like, this is the time. Like, this... <laughs> I know right now I'm going to be sounding like one of them doomsday preppers. Like, prepare now for that shit. But I'm, I'm dead serious. Like, prepare. Prepare. Like, put some money aside. Get some... So, like, my, my plan the next year is... I've already had a plan. I'm trying to wipe out all the debt I have. I have to a credit card and a personal loan. I'm trying to wipe all that shit out by next year. And then I'll look into some things and look at what I'm going to do from there. But, like... Like I have a car now. My car has one hundred twenty thousand miles on it, and I was like, like the first thing I was, I was like, yo, I can get a new car. I'm like, no, nope, not gonna do that. No, nope, not gonna. Nope. I'll ride yeah, this my, car. My wife just said she wants a new car. I was, I had to tell her like, but do we need one? Right. I mean, <laughs> you know, sometimes you gotta. I mean, and again, doesn't mean to, to 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 say not deny yourself from anything, having fun, because damn sure knows I'm I'm buying I'm I'm damn sure buying some stuff for my business and things like that. But you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta sometimes make some cutbacks and make some choices. I'm gonna say, prepare it now, put some money aside now, because you don't, I don't, nobody. Like I said, what, what scared me the most was when I start seeing people say they don't know. <clears throat> when I see tax professionals and, and accountants and people who whose job is to actually give people financial advice, go, we don't know how this tax bill and how this stuff is gonna affect our clients. Yeah. That's- because these are the people that these are the people that are going to be on the front line seeing everybody, so yeah, man. And that's what made me go, yeah, you got to prepare. So, um, all right, let's move into some uh some other stuff here. Uh, get some some other. That news. was that was the light news section with Chris <laughs> and Aaron. Right, that was light, light light news. Um, okay, so this is not light news. Uh, but uh, I, I feel like it's deserved. Um, the uh, one of the fathers. Uh, Larry Nasser's uh, victims uh, had to be restrained in court because he lunged at lunged, lunged at him and tried to try to hey. whoop his ass. Like, did you see this? Yo, yeah. First of all, as a father who has a daughter, I was rooting for him to kick his monkey ass, bro. I was hoping that he got his hands on him so bad. I I was just hoping that maybe the guard, the bailiff, tripped or something because uh, I can't imagine facing my daughter's sexual molester and not have those emotions. I can't imagine. I, I agree. And I'm actually kind of mad that these cops actually got in his way. Yeah. Well, and they, and they, they jumped so quick. I'm just saying, I'm just saying you could have been a little slower. Could have been a little they, slower. Like just, you know, you know, when I knew it was, it was bad business. Cause I've been that place before. Because if you look in his eyes when he when he's when he's talking to the judge, mm-hmm. he says, 
can I have five minutes with her? Mm. She said, no. And then the look in his eyes, he's like, well, I've already made my decision. Yeah, I'm seeing here. It's like, <laughs> I would ask you as part of the sentencing to grant me five minutes on the locker room with this demon. Would you give me one minute? The judge declined saying that's not how our legal system worked. Well, I'm going to have to. Mark Graves responded yep. and launched into a sprint towards Nasser. <sighs> mm. He made he made his mind up after that first no. Right. That, right. <laughs> that he needed to do what he had to do. I, I wasn't asking. I, I wasn't it, a, I wasn't asking that. Yeah. It, and it, it's not the way he it was the way he said it, right? Like so when he did it, he was like, Well, can I can I have five minutes? No. Well, can I have one minute? No, mm-hmm. I can't have one minute. No, he said one minute again. And then he was like, all right, I, I'm just going to fucking do it now. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. just going to have to get him and choke, choke the life out of him. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I, in our show, we give people slow claps, slow claps to try and get to get yeah. his ass. Because I'm I'm yeah. sorry, man. I yeah, no I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> under, understand. Like, anything. This is one of those things. And I get, hey, follows is not the answer. Um, I don't understand why cops are this quick on something like this. It's like, yo, why couldn't you be? You, you, you're slow as fuck when you need to show up you know, to a black neighborhood or something like that. And granted, this is a white dude. I don't understand why you guys weren't a little bit faster uh, oh. and getting this stuff to, 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 together. Cause, um, I'm like he was selling cigarettes, bro. Mm-hmm. I know. Right. I know. Uh, that was rude, rude joke, but. No, seriously. The incident sparked harsh words from Michigan Assistant Attorney General Angela Povolitis uh, in court. You cannot behave like this, he said. No one can behave like this. I want to make sure it's crystal clear. As he was ushered out of the room, Mar Graves responded, you haven't lived through it, lady. Yep. Point to him. Yep. Point point yep. him. Yeah. Point him. Hell yeah. Mar Graves is the father yep. of Lauren and, and Madison Mar Graves, two young women who have spoken emotionally about how Nassir abused them just before their father addressed the court. Saving from Morgan Mar Graves' third daughter was read in Nassir's sentencing in a neighboring Ingram County last month. Yeah. Not one daughter. Two daughters, mm-hmm. both daughters. No, hell no. The one thing I will say, I fucking love this judge. Uh, judge Cunningham agreed to release him without a fine or a punishment, given the circumstances of the case. She said, but still affirmed that he acted inappropriately. <laughs> I fucking I fucked with this judge though, because that's like that's. I mean, you, what, what, how, I mean, you you had to go. Uh, I understand. Like, yeah, eh, <laughs> you know, I, I get it. We can't do it, but like. Mm, you know, I bet that man saw his life flash before his eyes when that dude was running up there. Oh, oh, listen, this is one of the things. Again, I know we're not supposed to talk about this shit. What happens in prison is problematic, stuff like that. But um, they're gonna have to put Nasir in definitely into protective custody because if he ever gets anywhere near somebody else, he ain't surviving. Oh, I, 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 I have two. They, they do not like child molesters in jail, bro. Yeah, look. So I have two theories on what's gonna happen with Nasir. He first of all, we know he's not gonna live. He's not gonna live out his term in, in jail. No, no, absolutely not. He's either gonna no. kill himself. It was too high profile like, case, right? Like somebody you know, knows already. He's gonna kill himself, you know, because he's that, you know, he's that much of a coward. Or somebody's gonna get to him in prison. It's one of the yep. one of those two things is gonna happen. It's one of those. This is not gonna be somebody who live. We hear lives out his time in prison. It's just not gonna fucking happen. Um, nope. So, uh, yeah, it's just, this is one of those things that this, this whole entire story has been like heartbreaking. And I know, uh, deep on you, deep pop has, co- has covered it. And just the way that this has all been covered up and handled 
it's yeah, it's just been disgusting, dog. It's fucking disgusting. It, it it really is. It's just fucking. It's disgusting. It's terrible. It's um, yeah. I, I just yeah, I can't go with that. Uh, speaking of disgusting and terrible, there's an article in the New York Times by Maureen Dowd oh, that covers. Yes. Yeah. Um. This is why Uma Thurman is Thurman is angry. Uh, the actress is finally ready to talk about Harvey Weinstein. So. Uma Thurman, who I love, I love, I love Uma. Like I, I think she's great. Um, she talks to talks about, you know, um, being raped and sexually assaulted, and you know, dealing with all this stuff uh, with Harvey Weinstein. But there are certain parts in here that, to me, I don't want to say worse. Um, and let me preface this by saying, look. As problematic as he is with using the N-word and stuff like that, I've always, you know, I've always loved Quentin Tarantino's work. Like, I get it. He's problematic. He thinks he can tell black stories better than black people. He's problematic white dude. Like, head, heads on. But I've enjoyed his work. After reading this, though, I don't think I'm ever watching another Quentin Tarantino movie. Like, oh, it's... Shit. What happens is because you, you find out that... Tarantino knew he had been, she had told Tarantino what, what Weinstein had done before the first time he kind of ignored it and then kind of put his foot down. But then there's this weird thing that she kind of feels like he, he did certain things to kind of torpedo her career. There's one that comes with uh, talking about the, um, the car crash that, that happened during, uh, the filming of kill bill. So, since the revelations about what uh, about Weinstein became public last fall, Thurman has made reliving her encounters with him a gruesome episode on the location of Kill Bill in Mexico made her feel as blindsided as the bride and determined to get her due no matter how long it took. With four days left after nine months of shooting the sadistic saga, Thurman was asked to do something that made her draw the line. In a famous scene where she's driving the blue convertible to Kill Bill, the same one she put on Instagram on Thanksgiving, she was asked to do the driving herself. But she had been led to believe by a teamster, she said, that the car, which had been reconfigured from stick to stick shift to automatic, might not be working that well. She mm -hmm. says she insists that she didn't feel comfortable operating the car and prefer a stunt person to do it. Producers say they do not recall her objecting. Quinn came to my trailer and didn't like to hear no like any director. He was furious because I'd cost him a lot of time, but I was scared. He said, I promise you the car is fine. It's a straight piece of road. He persuaded her to do it and instructed her, Hit 40 miles per hour or your hair won't blow the right way and I'll make you do it again. Oh, wow. But that was a death box that I was in. The seat wasn't screwed it down properly. It was a sand road and it was not a straight road. Tarantino did not respond to requests for comments. Thurman then shows me footage that she has said has taken her 15 years to get. Solving my own Nancy Drew mysteries, he says. From the point of view of a camera mounted in the back of Carmen uh, Gia, uh, uh, it's frightening to watch Thurman wrestle with the car as it drifts off the road and smashes into a palm tree. Her, court, uh, her contorted torso heaving helplessly as crew members appear in the frame to pull her out of the wreckage. Tarantino leans in and Thurman flashes a relieved smile when she realizes she can briefly stand. The steering wheel was at my belly. My legs were jammed under, under me, she says. I felt this searing pain and I thought, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to walk again, she says. 
When I came back from the hospital in a neck brace with my knees damaged and a large massive egg on my head and a concussion, I wanted to see the car and I was very upset. Quinn and I had an enormous fight and I accused him of trying to kill me. And he was very angry at that. I guess understandably because he didn't feel he had tried to kill me. Uh, even though they're married, so it goes here. Uh, I approached. So at this time, she was married to Ethan Hawke. Uh, so this is Ethan Hawke talking. I approached Quentin in a very serious terms and told him that he had let Uma down as a director and as a friend. Um, he said that he had told. Uh, he said that he had told uh, Tarantino, "Hey man, she's a great actress, not a stunt driver, and you know that." Hawke added, "The director was very upset with himself and asked for forgiveness." Two weeks after the crash, after trying to see the car and footage of the incident, she had her lawyer send a letter to Miramax summarizing the event and reserving the right to sue. Miramax offered to show her the footage if she signed a document releasing them from any consequences of my future pain and suffering, she said. Oh, wow. She didn't. Thurman says that her mind meld with Tarantino was rattled. We were in a terrible fight for years, she explained. We had to then go, uh, we had to then go through promoting the movies. It was, a very, it was all very thin ice. We had a fateful uh, fight at Soho House in New York in 2004 where we were shouting at each other because he didn't, he wouldn't let me see the footage. He told me that was what they had all decided. Uh, now, so many years after the incident, inspired by the reckoning on violence against women, relieving her own dehumanization to the point of death in Mexico and fears that there had been, there, there have not been more legal repercussions against Weinstein. Thurman says she handed over the results of her own excavations to the uh, to the police and ramped up the pressure to control the, the crash footage out of Tarantino. Quinn finally atoned by giving it to me after 15 years, right? She says, not that it matters now with my permanently damaged neck and my screwed up knees. Wow. As she sits by the fire on the second night while uh, when we talked... Oh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Oh, here we go. Is this the next part? Oh, there's a part. Oh, yeah, here we go. There's the next part here. When they turned on me after the accident, she said, I went from being a creative contributor and performer to being like a broken tool. Thurman says that in Kill Bill, Tarantino had done the honors with some of the sadistic flourishes himself, spitting in her face in the scene where Michael Madsen is seen on screen doing it, choking her with a chain in the scene where teenager named Gogo is on screen doing it. Harvey assaulted me, but he didn't kill me, she says. What really got me about the crash was that it was a cheap shot. I had been through so many rings of fire by that point. I had, I had really always felt a connection to the greater good and my work with Quentin and most of what I allowed to happen to me and what I participated in was kind of like a horrible mud wrestle with a very angry brother. But at least I had some say, you know. She says he didn't feel disempowered by any of it until the crash. Personally, it has taken me 47 years to stop calling people who are mean to you in love with you. It took a long time because I think as little girls, we are conditioned to believe the cruelty and love somehow have a connection and that like the sort of error that we need to evolve out of. Yeah. I mean, oh, wow. Wow. Um, first of all, I'm happy that she's finally coming out and, you know, saying this shit, but goodness, like spitting in her face and choking her and like the crash, like, I, I don't know if I can watch Kill Bill is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. I don't really know if I can fuck with him like that. Now I didn't know the host like I had glanced over it while we were talking um earlier, but I didn't know all of this shit. Good grief. Yeah, no. Um uh, it's good to show you how many of these men in Hollywood are pieces of shit. You yeah. know? And they um, all hang together. And they all hang together. 
like this whole thing with uh, Quentin Tarantino here. And again, like I said, I, some people have been dumb with Quentin Tarantino because of like you know his, his issues on race. And again, hey, good, good, not, not, not good, good to go for there. That was one of those things. Not that I could overlook. I always knew he was problematic, but I was like, yo, you know, he's like, if I here's the thing, if I got rid of every white director or white person in Hollywood that was was terrible on fucking race, there'd, there'd be no fucking movies because a lot of them are. That's just fine. This though. This is literally you almost killed somebody. Yeah, this is a different level, man. This is like you, 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 you were punishing her. You were punishing her for you know coming at Harvey Weinstein, and you, you were, you were degrading her, and that is just your fucking piece of shit. Like that is, that is beyond just creative differences, which I can chalk up some of his other shit. Racism, creative, create, you know, you just, you know, creatively, creatively, we're just like. Not the same, but like this, just fucking ridiculous. You just, almost killed somebody, dog. Like, and truth be told, probably ruined a lot of the different um, with her injuries. Probably ruined a lot of the action movies and shit she could have probably uh, done. Right. You know, right. That she, type of serious doesn't yeah. make you want to do more. She has permanent. She has permanent damage. She has per, she has permanent damage and injuries. So you know, it's it's yeah. It's crazy that we just hearing it. You know, that's how how powerful some of these men are in Hollywood that's doing this craziness is that we can't hear. We don't hear about it for 10, 15 years, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. Um, here's something, you know, ties into this. Uh, this is Alec Baldwin response to Darren uh, Dylan Farrow's Woody Allen accusation compares her to a character from Kill, Kill a Mockingbird. Alec Baldwin's yeah. proving himself. Again, a lot of these liberal, you know, liberals. Uh, turn on a piece of shit. So there's another. Yeah. Uh, this is not the same article. That, that's the one I put on on Instagram. Here's Alec Baldwin criticizes stars denouncing Woody Allen unfair and sad. Uh, Alec Baldwin has defended Woody Allen on Twitter, called other actors unfair and sad for voicing their regrets over working with him. Baldwin, who worked with Allen on Blue Jasmine and To Room with Love, is the latest actor to speak publicly about the filmmaker. Um, Woody Allen was investigated forensically by two states, and no charges were filed. They, they were. Uh, renouncing him and his work no doubt has some purpose but it's unfair and sad to me I worked with Woody Allen three times and it's one of the privileges of my career you are a fucking asshole like fuck man come on yo it's in this like you stepping out to do like nobody asked you yo you like you can just no comment ain't my ain't my deal man look I just work with him I don't know about his personal life that, even that's like a soft, like, that's like, you know, probably, you know, but even then, like, you just don't see anything. Look, man, I'm just, I just, I just signed up for a job. That's all I need. That's all I did. I work with a lot of people that probably aren't good people in Hollywood and people are going to roast you for that. But fuck, that's what you can say, right? right? Like, you don't have to do this. You don't have to defend somebody. I'm not jumping on. What the fuck would you jump on a bullet for fucking Harvey Weinstein? I mean, uh, Harvey Weinstein for uh, Woody Allen. Who the you fuck, know dude? He ain't doing it for you. Right. What the <laughs> fuck's wrong with you, dude? Like, shut the fuck up. You ain't got to do this shit. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, oh, my God. Like, this is just, it's just. Absolutely free. Yo, I think they give away. 100%. Right 100% free. 100% free. You know? 100% free. Uh, This is the opposite of, um, I'm just doing quick hits today. I don't even think we're going to do a, we're not going to do any other segments. This has been that kind of show. Um. Hmm. 
But uh, this is another one it, that I think is going to be every, Isn't every show that we do together kind of like that show? Every show, every show, I think every show of 2018 so far has been that too. It's just been like, I'm not going to do this. Like, again, going back to the thing we we're talking about with doing podcasting, and people come with segments over that. Sometimes you just go on the fly and you're just like, oh, you know what? I'm feeling this. We're not going to do this. Um, right. So here's one that I want to talk about because I have not talked about this on the show yet because I was doing that thing that I called waiting for all the fucking facts because I feel like a lot of people are jumping out there talking a lot of shit and we're going to look fucking foolish. Monique's Netflix deal was way worse than previously thought. Right. <laughs> yeah. And when she put that email out, dog, just going, stopped all the Going with the idea that shutting the fuck up is free. This is one of those times when I was like, hey, guys, you might want to just let this one go. You might not. Hey, look, I get it. I'm not a Monique fan. Don't like her comedy. Mm, I'm I'm just and I know she got a lot of other shit going on with her that makes people not like her. Apparently, her husband's probably a bad publicist for her. Uh, She burned a lot of bridges. I've seen some other stuff she's done. Like, I fucking get it. Okay. Um. Offering her $500,000. Before we even get to the deal. Offering Monique $500,000 to do a stand-up special is fucking offensive. Yeah, I'm, not a Monique, I'm not a Monique fan. Like, I've seen a lot of people come oh, she, oh, she, she She's not worth Chris Rock money. She's not worth Dave Chappelle money. Here's the thing, guys. Um, Dave Chappelle did the Dave Chappelle show. He fucking disappeared. Every now and then, he would do a couple pop-up shows here and there. He didn't do any fucking thing. So when you sit there and tell me that he's worth all this fucking money and there was a big stretch of time where he didn't do any fucking work. The fuck you talking about? This is not about, you know, resumes at this point. It's about you like Dave Chappelle. You don't like Monique. That has no bearing on this shit right here. There's a woman who I'm pretty sure won the Academy. She won the Academy Award for for, uh, Best Supporting, right? She won that. I think so. Yeah, yeah, for Precious. Yes, yeah, for Precious. She won that. Uh, she uh, she was on that Queens of Comedy tour, right? That sold out. The original uh, one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She had her own TV. No. She had her for own years. TV show for years. Yeah, yeah guys, okay. don't have to like her. She deserves that fucking yeah, money. I, I don't care about her comedy, but you know that's. That don't mean she ain't got a raw deer out like, of the situation. I've been seeing people try to go, well, I'm saying that maybe 5000 a lot isn't a lot, but I mean, maybe $3 million or, I mean, she's not worth Chris Rock money. Then fuck, who, what, what, what black female com- com- comedian is then? Right. Because I'm seeing people go, yeah. well, Wanda Sykes, I was like, mm, I'd actually think that Monique is actually worth more than Wanda Sykes. To be perfectly oh, absolutely. On that one. And, I, and I like Wanda Sykes. And I like but... Wanda Sykes. Here's the thing. I think they both got underpaid. And if if, if Amy uh, Schumer is getting 13 fucking million, then that's where we started. So already, everybody else was already lowballing Monique. So you're already, well, maybe if they give her a three. Fuck, three is still too fucking low. If you're giving Amy Schumer 13 million, and you have somebody with the resume of Monique, forget how you I want, like. I want you to get to the fuck shit. Like, even push come to shove. They gave, they gave them, she, they offered 500,000, right? Like, I, that's nothing we can do about that. But the fuck shit that they had oh, so in go, the yeah. email. So let's go into, let's go into what they were going to do. So, let's see. Uh, let's see. So it was going to be $500,000 for an hour. Our special, but here goes what the other 
stuff into this deal were. For a year following this, the special's premiere, the terms would have barred Monique from taping or negotiating another comedy special with a third party. Are you crazy? <laughs> Are you so, crazy? So I'm going to give you $500,000, even with that resume, and you're going to do a comedy special for us. And then for a year after that comedy special, you are not allowed to fucking work in another stand-up special. Nigga, what the fuck? The fuck? So, the that, fuck? They're basically, they're basically saying that money is enough, should be enough for you to last for a year. Hold up, though. It, We're not done yet. There's fucking mm-hmm. more. As well, Netflix would re- re- retain rights of first negotiation once those 12 months were un- uh, were up, and she would only be able to tape a special with another company if Netflix passed on it. Now, that's the crazy shit. Like, I I'm, I'm, I could even see Netflix up to the, you know, if they paid her more money, if they paid her like 13 mil, say, hey, for a year, you can't do a comedy special. Okay, whatever. But the fact that you can't even go negotiate with anybody until after the, you talk to Netflix, nah, dog. But wait, there's fucking more. It doesn't stop there. For the two years after the premiere of her special, Netflix asked that Monique, not perform or use any material from our special in any recorded program, audio only or audio visual work. Then we ask for first negotiation or first refusal rights after the after the 24 months in the event that she does want to use the material elsewhere. More or less, Netflix wouldn't have just possessed the produced show, but the content therein, forcing her to develop an entirely new material for touring, which is the lifeblood of lifeblood of any working comedian. And they wanted all that for five hundred fucking thousand dollars. Get the fuck out of here. You know how wild that shit is. They basically said, yeah, you can't, like, that's like selling selling Kevin Hart. You can go perform this comedy special, but you can't do it in uh, Louisiana. You can't do it in Louisville. You can't do it anywhere else. Make a whole new hour-long comedy special. But here's the thing. You can't use any of the material. So that one joke, that one bit, you can't use that bit anymore. And that's even if it's a bit that you're known for. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, I do this bit all the time. Can't do it now. Nope, not for a year. Not get, for two years. Is that the, not my, get the not fuck out of here. Get the the f- second year is the negotiation process, right? Get the get the fuck out of here. Wow. Get, get the fuck out of here. The fuck. No are wonder. You? And, like like I, I, I saw people coming up with the thing that it was the approach that Monique gave. You know, if like, I got this, if I got this email, I'd have the same goddamn approach. Are you fucking? Yeah. I would hit them with the, do you know who the fuck I am? Like, what the, so, so here's the thing that bothers me about this shit. Cause there was a lot of black people that kind of did this shit. And, and it kind of goes back to what, the start of this program, yo. We don't know our own fucking worth, yo. And a lot of us undersell ourselves. And yep. we do this by then making sure that other people undersell themselves as well. If you got this kind of fucking offers, anything, I've gotten this kind of fucking offer for some people. Uh, when I go for a job interview, right? Go to a job interview, do all this stuff, you know, and I'm like, they're like, okay, we're going to, and they offer me something like half of what I'm already making. And I'm like, no, goodbye. Good day. I'm out. And it's, I, I'll tell them like, no, you get the fuck out of here. No, I'm not dealing with this shit. It's a low ball offer. Like this idea that somehow she um, was supposed to, Take this with grace, and it's the approach. And well, she no one's gonna boycott Netflix. Well, it was never about boycotting Netflix. It was about getting the information the fuck out there. That's the first thing that you guys didn't understand. It was about getting the attention. 
If she had just said, hell, if she had done what Tracy Ellis Ross did, did that get her new new money? Which, by the way, got the same response that Monique got. But but you know what the difference is, though, right? People like Tracy Ellis Ross. But here's the thing. That's the crazy thing about it, though. Yeah, some of the people who who supported Tracy Ellis Ross, uh, Ellis Ross like her, so they supported her, but didn't support Monique. Overall, though, both women got the same exact response. Exact, yeah, you exact don't same. deserve that money. You don't deserve more, which is fucking absurd. I'm sorry. Like I was seeing people go, she hasn't done anything in a long time. So, the f- right. what the fuck? Since when does that fucking matter? When, or, when or is, I, I, I always am partial to this one. Oh, she ain't even that funny. When the fuck is people ever got paid for nigga, being Amy Schumer ain't that fucking funny. She got 13 fucking million dollars. The fuck? Nah, you know? Nah. Like, hell. She don't I, no I, I'm, if, if somebody offered me that um, and I was the stature or status of Monique, I, I, yeah, I would have had the same response. I'm like, nigga, please. Like, and I would, I've went, she did everybody a service when she did this. Because I bet Netflix doesn't come with that same trash with somebody else. Not, not going to be able to. They're not going yeah, to be able to. You know? It's like, no. the fuck? You know? People people were like, oh, Monique doesn't deserve that. She doesn't deserve that. I'm like, yo. And like, I, I was seeing things like, the, just the, the back and forth was like, oh, well, you know. I'm like, well, she, she, she won an Academy Award. So this is an Academy Award winner. And you're telling me, well, that wasn't for comedy. Nigga, what the fuck? Like, so now that's the moving goalpost now? So now, because she didn't win the Academy Award in comedy, if anything... That ups her price because it tells me that she can do comedy, but then she can win an award for a fucking drama? Are you fucking telling That's called talent, motherfucker. Yeah, the fuck are you doing? That, that's that's even more of a reason why that's a lowball fucking offer. Yo, it, it's, mm. The money part is wild to me, but it's all the extra shit they wanted on top of it. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, all yeah. the control they wanted of this person. They basically wanted control of this person's career for two years. Yeah, for five hundred thousand dollars. Five hundred thousand dollars control of your career, in which, like, put his way. Uh, I heard them shout out to Bomani Jones. I was listening to him. And he he made a good point. He was like, "Look, if Monique can turn down a five hundred dollar, five hundred thousand dollar offer, she got the money, and she's right. she's gonna be okay. She is, you know, she's known for getting more money than that. Like, it's not like she was looking at that and saying, oh, God, five hundred thousand. Monique is gonna be fine.'" You know what I'm saying? She's doing this for y'all. So, yeah, yeah man. That's the, thing that, that's the thing that makes me so mad. That was the thing that, that got me mad about people missing the fucking point. This was never about Monique. This was never about her. Like you said, this is never about her doing this for herself. This is about her raising the information because this is what, honestly, this is what white women fucking do. Right? Mm-hmm. They raise fucking hell and they get them because you know what? Amy Schumer did the same fucking thing to get more fucking money. I'm gonna tell you right now, if Amy Schumer's worth thirteen goddamn million dollars, then Monique is worth thirteen million motherfucking dollars. Like it doesn't make any goddamn sense. And I'm seeing people go. I'm like, yo, you're underselling yourself. Like, I'll give it to you. Like, this is the thing. And again, I gotta, I gotta give credit to my dad, cause I've learned this from my dad. 
Like I remember watching my dad once uh, at a car dealership get a car. Sits down and get a car. They're talking to right, blah, blah. You know how the car dealerships do. They talk shit, right, blah, blah. And eventually, uh, dude's like, all right, well, this is the price we can give you for the car. Writes it down on the show. Writes it down on the thing. My dad looks at the price and was like, okay. Thank you very much. I'll be seeing you later. Gets up and walks out. He doesn't say anything else. I, and I, when I say gets up and walk, I mean, we got up, we walked out, got in the car. We drove home. He got a call. Yep. A couple hours later, he got that fucking car. Like, it's, yeah. you have to know that you don't have to deal with that shit. Or when you want, hey, sometimes you can deal with it. Sometimes you're, you're fine with it. But you have to know your fucking worth. Well, and, and also, we have to, as a people, I don't want to say as a people because that's that's too much. But we have to start valuing our artists. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have to start valuing the talent. Like, what makes Monique any different or any worse off than Amy Schumer? You know what I'm saying? You should value her talent just like, you know, everybody else is valuing Amy Schumer's. Like, I, well, I had a problem it, with her calling for a boycott. You, you weren't going to boycott anyway, so why do you... Why? Here, there's my, always my response to people saying this shit. It was just like, it's not your fucking money. It's Netflix's money. Why the fuck do you care? Right. Why do you care so much that she asked... Well, I, I mean, I just don't like the, the, the way she did it. Well, what way are you supposed to negotiate for, for more fucking money? Send a nice little email. Oh, so she's she done what Tracy Ellis Ross did? How'd that work out for her? Did she is she getting more money right. yet? How's that work out when people do it nice? Like, here's the thing. Like, no. When you're dealing with companies that have millions and billions of fucking dollars, sometimes you gotta sometimes you gotta you gotta play the you, you gotta play the hardball. Sometimes you gotta play the public. Sometimes you gotta go public with this shit. You know? Like I, I'm tired of people I don't, pay, people. I don't see wrong with what she did. I just don't. I was like, yo, I'm not going to boycott uh, Netflix, but good for you. And I went about my business. I didn't care. Yeah, I went boycott, but, you know. Yeah, I was like, I'm not going to boycott, but hey, get get your money. If you can get some people behind you and you can get the money, fuck it. It's not going to, it's not going to, it's not going to change my mind. And I'm like, yo, $500,000 is a low fucking embarrassing amount. And that's, again, that's before you see all the other things that are in the fucking contract. So when you, right. you put all that together, yeah, motherfucker, are you out of your fucking mind? Are you out of your goddamn mind? Like this doesn't make any goddamn sense, you know. Uh, and I'm just, I, I just, I, I find it that I feel like a lot of people were projecting one because she is a fat black woman. Let's just be honest mm-hmm. about that. Fat, dark skinned yeah. black woman. So there is that. But beyond just that, I think that, and I will put this on our community because I think that we, as a community, of black people, sometimes put too much on ourselves. Yeah. And that we have to we have to always be on. We have to always be right. We have to always be perfect in order to get that. To me, I'm like, yo, listen, I'm not a fan of Monique, but she has the credentials in the in the in and the resume that five hundred thousand dollars, no matter whether she did it this year or years ago, or she has done anything recent or not, no. Like Oprah hasn't like what the fuck? What, like, you, you don't. Dave Chappelle hadn't done a Netflix special in a long time. They came with him with a big boy offer. Right. Yeah. But they knew they would have to do that. Like they they held him in a higher esteem than a working comedian, which is wrong in itself. You know. Yeah. And 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 so yeah. So fuck him. You know. Netflix got the money. 
they showed out a shit ton of money for for Bright and making it Bright too. Right. Nigga, they got the. They got that, that's the other thing they got me too. I was like, nigga, why are you so pressed? They it's not like they don't got the fucking money. So let her get her coins. Well, I'm just mad because she was asking us to, and she did it the wrong way. What the fucking right way? I'm sorry. Excuse me. Since since you know, Mister Person on on fucking Facebook, Mister Person on Netflix, who probably making a bare a uh, 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 um, a minimum wage job. What is the right way to to negotiate with a multi billion dollar fucking company? Since you fucking know. Right. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. You don't know because you're making fucking minimum wage and you can't even get them to raise the minimum wage to fucking $15 a, 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 an hour. Oh, so that means you don't fucking know. So how about you shut the fuck up? Yeah. Like, it's that, just... That's the, the, it sorry. goes it, back it, to the, the, the age-old point. You know, shutting the fuck up is absolutely Shutting free. the fuck up they is free, yo. They're giving, it, they're giving it away for free right now. You might be able to get a two-for-one special. It, just shut up. It was so easy. Just don't don't say anything. Let her get let her get her coin. And here's right. the thing. And here's the crazy thing about this. You let the per- Let's say I, I go to work. And I'm working with somebody, coworker, who I don't fucking like. But they raise hell to get themselves a raise. Am I going to then jump in and take the company side? Or am I going to shut the fuck up? Cuz I know when it's time for me to get my fucking raise i can then use what they just did and they did all the fucking legwork and now i can demand more you just i mean you just fucked it up if if if, if, if monique doesn't do this the next black woman who comes in for a comedy special is going to get lowballed too right you know and, and it's going to continue to happen man it, it, she did the best thing she could in that situation you know, looking back on it now, um, like, because I'm not going to lie, when I initially heard about it, I was like, what the fuck is she talking about? But oh, once yeah. I got into it, yeah, once I got into it, I was like, oh, well, this is this kind of fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just ignored it. I was just like, oh, well, fuck it. I'm not boycotting. Uh, the boycott jokes are funny. But then when you got more into it and you started looking into it, you were like, wait a minute, you know what? That's right. And then, yeah. you just, and then Wanda Sykes came in. Like, this is what got me. Was people were like, so, you know, she got paid more than, she was going to pay more than Wanda Sykes. Now, see, I think that's fucking wrong. But she should have done what Wanda Sykes did and go somewhere else. I'm like, one, what if nobody else is offering? So that's number one. You can't always go somewhere else. Two, Wanda Sykes said, thank you, Monique, for speaking out. So you cannot use Wanda Sykes against Monique because Wanda Sykes herself is telling Monique, thank you for speaking out. So maybe you should, again, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, I'm just it, it just it's one of those things that drives me crazy that like you're you're fucking like who cares at this point like it's Netflix they they're they're going to you're not going to boycott Netflix fine but it's putting pressure on them makes them look bad there's a reason why Netflix didn't come out right out and deny it now the email is out. Like everybody jumped. Like there's so many people that jumped to this idea that she got offered three million dollars, and because of some some random dude on the internet said it. And I'm look. I'm I'm looking at the article going. I got. It. He has no, no, no sources. No, 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 this, why are you like? You guys were so quick to blame to to believe this one because you don't like her, and that's well, and, fine. But like, well, they don't like black women speaking up true you know it, i don't even think it had anything to do with monique it could have been any black woman that said that and they just don't like them speaking up and that's a fucking problem 
Like I had people going trying to tell me, oh, it's not about race and it's not about this and not about that. I'm like, yeah, it is. Because again, when it was Tracy Ellis Ross, uh, Ricky Smiley's show had a que- had was asking the question, well, is she, is she does she deserve that money? And I'm like, when I think blackest, I think her. I don't even think An- Anthony Anderson. I think right, her. yeah. She's the face of the goddamn show. She's the face of the show. So yeah, you pay her for more fucking money. Like what the fuck? Like how does even and people are going? Well, you know, he's really the producer and he's his show and she doesn't really. She don't even. Let, all right, cool. Let her back up. Let let her, let her care to be written off the show. See how long yep. that show fucking lasts, you guys. Yeah, that works. Let's see how that works. You know, you know, uh, uh you know, uh, 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 next one to try this stuff. They did it with um, uh, Sleepy Hollow. When they decided oh, they were going to give it of a yeah. lead black woman on that. I wonder how that worked out. How did that work? Oh, that's right. They canceled the show now. It's canceled. It's canceled. Hmm. Out about, damn, that was a debacle. Hmm. I forgot all about that one. Hmm. Yeah. So maybe uh, getting the black woman on your show, who is one of the reasons why people watch the show and know about the show and the face of the show, it's a bad idea. Maybe you should pay her. But again, so it doesn't really matter. And and yeah, I know some people were like, well, I'm, I was on the Tracy Ellis Roth thing, but I'm not on the Monique thing. That's fine. That's fine. Found about you personally. About the overall thing, overall they got the same response that they yep. were not worth it, and that's bullshit. That's, First of all, completely garbage. I mean, again, it goes back to we were saying. We're tying, hey, I can tie this show up to a little bow. We're talking about podcasting, starting your business, stuff like that, and we tell you not to pocket watch everybody, not to, not to look at everybody else's views and things like that. Yeah, you gotta you gotta know what you're worth. Exactly. And they both know that they're worth more than that. When they find out that the men are making more than them. So, uh, last thing on this one, that, that, that also drive me crazy about this, because I was seeing people use, well, you know, she doesn't do as much stuff as, as Dave Chappelle, they don't do as much stuff as uh, Chris Rock and blah, 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 and blah, blah. And I'm like, did you ever stop to think that maybe the reason why the black women, female com- comedians don't get as much work as the black male comedians is because of sexism? Oh, whoa. Never I mean, thought did, that would did, did, I mean, are, are we just went through this whole thing with Harvey Weinstein and patriarchy and all this other stuff. Are you are you really that fucking dense that you're really trying to now say that they're not worth it because they don't do as much work, not realizing that the reason why they don't do much work is because they are women and they don't get as many opportunities. The fact that uh, Tiffany Haddish, what Tiffany Haddish is what like she's like what is she thirty eight? Yeah, she's older. She's like almost close to forty. Just making it. Been around for a while. Yeah, she's 38. Yeah. 38, just making it. Why? Is she brand new? Is she no? No. Finally got a fucking break. Finally got a fucking break. And you got to ask yourself, why aren't more black black female comedians getting this? Why aren't they getting the Amy Schumer the deals, the uh, Melissa McCarthy opportunities and things like that? You know? When you sit there and tell me, oh, well, you know, well, you know, they these women were... How many um times did... um. You know, I, I, how many times have you seen like things like SNL be like, "Oh, we finally got a, we're finally getting a black woman comedian on the show, and we're finally doing this, After and we're getting you. like, I, like think think about think about all this shit that's going on, right? That we've seen then, and then come back and tell me that it makes fucking sense to sit there and then go, well, the reason why they're getting paid less is because they don't do as much work, or maybe they're not getting the opportunities, guys." Right. Or maybe, yeah, maybe they're just not getting the, the chances. Because they've been, they've been here working their asses off. And like everybody points to the idea that it's her husband and that she burns bridges. And hey, you know what? Maybe they do. But also know that even if they didn't burn bridges, she probably still wouldn't be getting a lot of work. Because I know just from history, a lot of these black women don't get work. 
You know, funny how that funny how that no. works. Think about think about Taraji P Henson and how much work she's done and how uh, how much how many things she did. You know, what 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 movies has she she been in? She was in uh, uh, Hidden Figures. She's got a big, you know, big. She was in that. What what, what is she what is she getting right now? Nothing, no, nothing of uh, the, of the caliber of actress that she is. Put it that way. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So it's like, you know, she's forty seven. Forty seven. She can act her ass off. Yeah. Um. And 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 and. So she's got Proud Mary this year, Proud Mary, Acrimony, and The Best Enemies, and Ralph Breaks and Wreck-It Ralph. That's it. When you look at all the stuff she's been trying to do, she's been in this industry for a long time. And it's not like we don't think that Taraji can act. We know she can act. Right. Why isn't she getting the ro- the, the, the big roles? It has nothing to do with not working. It has nothing to do with not being good. You know why. We know why. So you can't use that as a reason why they shouldn't be get paid more, you know? They're not given the opportunities. Like it's, it's fucking, it's fucking stupid, you know. It and and I need other people to stop trying to rationalize it with that. It's just stop. You can't defend it, man. You just can't. Yeah. So, um, you know what? I'm not gonna end on this this note because we're gonna kind of get. So we're gonna end. On, we're gonna end. On, we're gonna end on a good note because uh, I'm not sure if we're gonna do a show next week. I'm, I'm gonna try to, but I might take a break. I, I, you might need to take a break because we all know what's coming. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I might take a break before Black Panther, but I'm not sure. We're, we're gonna see. I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try to do a show next week. Uh, but um, man, that Black Panther's coming out, and uh, I'm, telling I'm telling everybody that listens to our show. Um, I put it in the back of a bumper of our show last week. Um, BAP's taking a, a Black Panther week next week. So we're not going to the show. Uh, I'm going to the show. I'm good. Oh, and next we week's not week. the show. Next week's not Black Panther anyway, so oh, you still got a week. Oh, oh, that's what I'm saying. I'm getting prepared. Oh, you got to take a week to prepare. I feel on that one. Yeah. So, um, Relax a little bit. Uh, so one one announcement about this. Uh, if you are, if you bought tickets through us for uh, the NegroCon thing, uh, for NegroCon, so same. by the way. Yeah. Oh, I'm so <laughs> uh, and even if you didn't, but you're in the area and you want to meet us afterwards, um, we will be at Bar Louie, which is literally right down the stairs of uh, the movie theater. Uh, we'll be at Bar Louie at 2.30. The movie ends at 2.30, so maybe a little bit 2.30, 2.45. We're meeting what up there to drink. They ain't going to know what hit them. Yeah, yeah. No, we already, <laughs> thankfully, we've already reached out. and We've already told people. Uh, there is a Facebook, um, a Facebook event for it. Uh, 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 Justin from Three Fifths Podcast put it up there. If you could, if you haven't already, please RSVP to that so we can get an accurate number. I want to say we already have 50 people <laughs> saying they're coming to this. Uh, so we've told Bar Louis, like, yeah, we might have between 50 and 100 people showing up. And uh, <laughs> uh, so please do that. And I do have the tickets. We're going to, I'm trying to figure out the time on Friday. So if you want to come down Friday afternoon, they can. But definitely on Saturday, we'll be down there early. So here's the thing. If you bought tickets from us, you got to get your ticket picked up. I would like to have everybody have their tickets picked up by 1145. Because if you try to show up late, this is not one of the times you want to show up late, and you don't have your ticket, you're not going to be able to get in. Mm. So you got to pick your ticket up from us. 
we will be there a little bit early, and then as we get closer, I'll definitely have the times in place. And like I said, if you can meet us down on the day before Friday, we can do that. Um, I'm also going to be trying to get the tickets out to uh, the different uh, groups who have who have who have tickets, so maybe they can hand them out there as well. But um, yeah, don't show up at twelve expecting to get your ticket because I'm already going to be in my seat. I'm not going to with with popcorn in hand. Yeah, with popcorn <laughs> in hand and everything like that. So please get there. Please plan to get there early to get your ticket, um, and then you can get in and you can get your concessions, you can get your popcorn, everything else you want to get. And then we can watch this fucking movie. So we're going to be at Bar Louie starting at, at um, 2.30 there. But yeah, man, I can't, I can't fucking wait. Um, oh, the review shows after Black Panther are going to be oh, yeah. off the fucking chain. Uh, just to let y'all know, Chris is probably going to be on one of our reviews, one of the three that we're doing. So, yeah. And I already know there's going to be a... I've already... I told people, that, listen, listen, look. So I already know people are going to hit me up. I want to be on the review show. So look, look, I already know. The first one I gotta get I gotta get D Palmer on so we can talk about the nerd. And then I told everybody else, like, listen, we'll just set up some other do like we did with with, with the last Jedi one, where I'll have other hosts set up, you know, their own little mini and it will be is some of them won't be on uh the premium feed. Some of them will be on the premium feed because we have plenty of premium shows this month. So we'll be working it out that way. So there will be definitely be people on all over the places. And I myself will be on with several different people on their shows do yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fucking lot. Yeah, it's gonna be so good though, cause yeah. I'm. Just, so Rod didn't see it yesterday. Did you see the? I know I don't know if you try and stay away from spoilers too, but they released that Jimmy Kimmel footage. No, I did. Did you see that? Is Nigga, that the they got some. They did an extended scene of the uh, casino scene where oh. Denai Guerrero was fighting. So I've probably seen that from San Diego. Oh. That probably that's probably the extended scene in the casino with them in, uh, from San Diego. Yeah, no, it's that, mu- that music starts going. That African uh, music starts yeah. going when she starts fighting. Yeah, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. Like, there, there's there's a good chance I might see it two times before our NegroCon screener. So I'm just saying, like guys, it's it's gonna be a lot going on here, man. Um, so I can't wait for that. Uh, a couple things about this one, uh. I do know that people that saw the premiere, the reviews for that are up on the ninth. So be aware of that and stay away from spoilers. Uh, we don't see ours until uh, the 13th. Uh, but, uh, and again, we won't do spoilers until after everybody's seen it. Oh, um, by the way, stay off YouTube. Cause some assholes are starting to spoil it, especially some of the people that got reviews early and they were told not to do screeners. I guess they just want to blow their chance with Disney. And go ahead and do it anyway. So yeah, be careful. So yeah, avoid avoid uh, YouTube and things like that. Um, yeah. what was I gonna say? Oh, I love the fact that the uh, some of the salty dude bros are trying to lower the user score as if that's gonna stop us. Right? Not. Nah, not gonna do it. What are we going? <laughs> and uh, Fandango came out and said said that it's the fastest uh, ticket sales of any other superhero movie at this point. And I love that. And you know, Rod, Rod said something yesterday that made me think. He said he's saying it's going to be the highest opening for anybody in February. Might want to start rethinking them months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, might want to start yeah. rethinking them and think that it might be close to, might be getting up there past it, just February. I'll tell you that much. It, it it could be like I think right now they're looking at the domestic total. They're looking at it probably topping around like four hundred million. 
Put put it in that. Put it in that. At least it's gonna do at least for overseas. So it's already. Like I said, I've always said the floor for it is is eight hundred and twenty, which is the uh, what um, Wonder Woman made. And I was like, it's gonna make that easily. So oh what? Let me make eight twenty. I thought I thought they made seven. What made seven? Was it Guardians? Some made seven this year. Uh, like seven fifty. I can't remember what it was. Anyway, it no. Matter. Oh no 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 no. Uh, every every uh maybe well maybe it was logan but every okay because comic book movie that didn't make a ton of like it made justice league. decent justice just like just was the only one that flopped just like was the only oh. film that didn't because it didn't even hit it didn't even hit it didn't even hit 650 because it didn't it didn't cross it didn't it didn't beat uh dr strange it didn't beat dr strange it didn't beat dr strange <laughs> No, all the Mar- t- all the Marvel all the Marvel movies made over eight eight, eight uh, all the Marvel MCU movies made eight, over eight hundred million dollars last year. Damn each, sense. Each. <laughs> each, <laughs> each, each, yeah, it's mm, yeah, it's just got, yo, it didn't. No, you know what? I know. I think I know what it is. You know, um, it might be you might be thinking about Jumanji because Jumanji oh. definitely beat Justice oh, League yeah. <laughs> worldwide total. Like, Jumanji's about to be a super hit for them. They, it, Jumanji's about to hit $800 million, or it might even already, already hit $800 million. So, yeah, yeah, dog. All I'll say is I'm rooting for that Jumanji Men, Men in Black sequel, dog. Yeah, hey, look, they can Let do me, that shit. Oh, they man. can do that shit. So. <laughs> you know, listen, man, it's been, it's been incredible watching the reactions just pre. Like, I mean, again, you know, reaction came out this week about the movie is great and you know, you get more full reviews next week. Again, I would say avoid spoilers, avoid anybody talking about the movie as long as yeah, you can. Reviews drop on what? Tuesday? Tuesday. People, I think it's Tuesday. People, people think that I, I enjoy going to see the movies early just because I get to see them early. I enjoy going to see the movies early so I can avoid fucking spoilers. So I'm yes. really kind of fucking pissed that my screener isn't until after the reviews drop because now I got to duck and dodge assholes trying to put spoilers out before the movie comes out. I think it'll be for the most part okay because it's not as many people. It's just people that went to the premiere, but we'll see. Um You know what the worst part about seeing movies early is? Not being able to talk about it with your niggas. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. like that's the worst part. Yeah, that's like I can't really talk to nobody for a week. Right. So um but yeah, man, I, I just I just think it's it's amazing to see how people have come together for this. Like people have bought out theaters. Yeah, I mean, man. Like multiple done it. Theaters. yeah, multiple theaters. People are getting money, raising money so kids can go. Like it is yeah. just it is an incredible thing. And um I think this is gonna be a big thing for everybody. It's gonna be a big thing for the actors, it'll be big things for the people behind the camera, for Ryan Coogler, and just for in general the 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 industry, because at this point, this is a new standard. You can no longer say that Black films don't sell because well, motherfucker, they this motherfucker sold. So if you make it, if you make it, you make it good. People are gonna come out. People are gonna come out. So you just have it. So anyway, hey yo yo Aaron, thank you very much for joining me on this insanity check. This is nah. not a, not a normal insanity check, but uh, I think it's still a good one. Surprise! It never yeah. is when I'm on the show. By the way, never, if y'all never, ever notice. Is. Never is. <laughs> never is. But hey, for the most part, we avoid talking really talking about Trump himself. And all the uh, other yeah, going I, on. I hit Chris was like, look, man, can we avoid all the sad shit this week? Look, I didn't, I didn't want to talk about it myself because it's just, it's all fucking <laughs> like it. You know what it comes down to? Here, here, here's your Trump news for the week. It's fucking stupid. There you go. Shit's fucked up. Shit's fucked up. Yeah, it's fucked <laughs> up and stupid, and that, that's that. That sums up everything right there. So, um, 
Aaron, please tell everyone where they can find you and your show and what you guys got coming up for. Uh, actually, what, what do you guys got coming up for the rest of the year? Um, so uh, blackastronauts.com. Uh, we're actually in the middle of a website remodel. So by the time you hear this, it'll probably just have a under construction sign or some shit. Um, you can also go to Black Astronaut. Um, if you type in Black Astronauts, we'll come up, unfortunately. We're like the second or third thing. That's, y'all need to go That's good. <laughs> no, y'all need to go search for the real Black Astronauts, not me. No, <laughs> like, not that's us. good. Like you look, 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 dude. If people search for Black Astronauts and your site comes up, nigga, you better take that shit and run. Like that is <laughs> you can't you can't pay for that kind of of Google search results. Nigga, you better you better take that shit. <laughs> don't apologize. This is one of those know your worth. Don't apologize for that shit. You take that shit. That's I, fucking I, amazing. No, no, no. But see, what happens is, Chris, you don't understand, man. Like people, when we first started, there was a person or a young lady that he is, she emailed me. It was like, I wanted, I'm doing a school report on black astronauts. And I wanted, and we've got multiple like that. Where it's like, I want to learn about the black astronauts. And it's just like, <laughs> sorry, dog. We not them type of astronauts. <laughs> I mean, we ba- we boldly going where no podcasters have gone before. But I'm just saying, dog. Like, yo, you gotta spin that yo, shit, yo, dog. No, but when we did actually get a black astronaut on the show, he was like, "Yeah, man, I approve." So I was like, "Okay, <laughs> hey, look, black astronaut, <laughs> real black astronaut approved, nigga. Take that shit, yo." <laughs> yeah, I put that on the uh, on a. On the front screen of my uh, website, um, but mm-hmm. no, we uh we got some reviews coming up. When Atlanta comes back, we got our Atlanta recap coming back. Um, Westworld's coming back soon, so we uh we have have been doing Westworld recaps as well. Those have been doing really well. Um, main BAP show as well. We added a couple shows to the network, so now we have the Why Not podcast. Um, we also have Houston. We have a problem. Uh, we have Aaron's Untitled Interview Show. Like, just come check us out, man. Um, most of it is free. We do have a Patreon if you choose to support us. You know. So, yeah, man, like if you like listening to Chris and, you know, it just anybody in our podcast and circle, um, most likely you'll hear their voices on our network at one point or another as well. So, yeah, man, just appreciate you having me on, dog. Yo, anytime, man. Uh, and you guys know, it's Handy Check. Search for us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Uh, we're not putting these on, on YouTube anymore. I'm trying to narrow down the content that goes on our YouTube um, but it's on, uh, yeah, all, all your podcaster stuff is all there. You can always find us or you can go to insanitycheck.mtrnetwork.net and get us there as well. So, um, yeah, Aaron, thank you very much for joining me and everyone. Thank you guys very much. And, uh, we'll be back soon. So thank you guys. Peace. Peace.